dumbest state in the nation. I like how some of you are clapping. Behind Mississippi and Alafrigan Bama, we're number three. Are you shitting me? But there's a shining light in the article that goes on to say that even though we're the dumbest, Maine produces, you ready for this? 98% of the world's blueberries. So suck on it! We might be dumb, but try making a pancake without us. Good luck with your prune muffin, asshole. Pretty safe state, too, as it goes, but you're gonna hear about this one when you get home. I saw old Callahan on the news when you guys were trying to find a parking spot up on Munjoy Hill. <laughs> Today, in Biddeford, a guy went into a bank dressed up like Darth Vader <laughs> and tried to rob the bank. Where is your pride as a criminal? Years ago, they never dressed up. They built up their names so people be scared shitless. Bonnie and Clyde, Billy the Kid. Who are you? I'm John Dillinger. And everybody in the bank would go, ah! You go into a bank dressed up like Darth Vader and you're an asshole. People in the bank will mumble that under their breath. Look at this asshole. Who are you going as next, Dora the Explorer? Who are you? I'm dip 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 to Dora. Dip 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 to Dora. Put the money in the backpack, backpack. <laughs> Who's this you have with you? This is my cousin, Diego. Oh, rescue pack. So he's in the bank. His gun goes off and he hits a woman in her love handle. I know, what are the odds? A love handle in Biddeford. Who would have thought? She's okay. They interviewed her on the news. This is what she said. It hit me in my love handle. Without this love handle, I'd be dead. I'm like, no. Without that love handle, it would have missed you. And hit the guy behind you. Who's shooting at her anyway? She's making a run for it. Get her in the muffin top. Blast her in the back, Titty! Get her in the cankles, Lloyd! God damn it, aim for the salad tongs! I also want to apologize right now. I, <laughs> I want to apologize to my friend Dave Coulier from Full House. He's a good friend of mine. And he was Joey on this sitcom. If you didn't see it, it was a sitcom with guys that were like this tall and, and had kids on it. And I, we were all close and we love each other. But on this show... <laughs> I said a thing on my last special that he shaves his balls and people yell it at him. And I want to tell you publicly now, he does not shave them anymore. He has a Justin Bieber comb over. It's a, it's a trumpador. Very, very attractive. I'm obsessed with stuff below my belt because it's just easier than talking about religion or politics for me personally. I was, just for me, because you know, I'm sacrilegious. I worship my sack. When I was born, I came out bag first, and it's true. And the doctor slapped it, and I've been doing it ever since. You think I'm kidding? I was like a hoppity hop. My balls were so big, I just bounced around. This gentleman is going, what the fuck happened to you? BRB, LOL, SMD. Made that up, SMD. I came up with FOL, fart out loud. 
By the way, does anybody text and actually t laugh out loud? Do you go, when, LOL? <laughs> if you're texting LOL and you're laughing out loud, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> fucking weirdo. That's weird shit. So I have to apologize for many, many things. You know, it's, it's, it's really nice I was, you know, to be in love like you guys and married and you don't even remember Chris, which is awesome. It's good not to know. I have an ex-wife. Uh, we've been divorced like 15 years and she's great. She actually honored me. She kept my name. She kept my full name. She goes by Bob Saget, which is nice. But we went to counseling and they say you either go like this with the person or you go like this. And she went like this and I went like that. So that's... But she's good. She's the mother of my kids that I know about. And um, one of them uh, worked very hard this summer. She said she's been doing manual labor. And I said, I don't care who you're dating. I just want you to be happy. <laughs> and we laughed. Serious <laughs> accent. St. Peter and Moses and J.C. were on the golf course. Very good. Merci. St. Peter hit his ball 215 yards. The ball bounced once in the cup, hole in one. Then Moses stepped up to the tee and hit his ball. 210 yards. The ball bounced twice in the cup, hole in one. Then J.C. stepped up to the tee and hit his ball. The ball sliced, went over the trees. Bounced off 15 to 20 limbs, fell down some dry leaves, rolled out, rolled down a gully, up a gully, into a sand trap, out the sand trap, across a small lake, into some high grass, mud, weed, straight ahead 100 yards, holding the green, around the cup 12 times, into the cup, hole in one. Moses walked over to J.C. and said, Big man, damn all them miracles, let's play the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, marriage is tough, I think, for some people. Everybody, you know, sometimes they'll have like a, an affair or something in the relationship, but uh, they call it a hiccup. They say, we got back together. But I think it's more than a hiccup. It's more like a burp with a little puke coming out, I think, if you want to be honest. Yeah. Now, personally, I am very loyal. I'm very romantic. I just renewed my vows with another woman, with another woman. But still, good. I get guys, because why? I'm a guy too. Yeah. And I understand guys. I too have a wandering eye. Sure. But luckily my other eye is a lazy eye. So it's a push. They cancel each other out. And the wandering eye is like, hey baby, what do we say? We go back up to your place and have a little drink. And then the lazy eye comes around, oh, this looks like a lot of work. Can I just have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Even in my dreams, you would not believe the opportunities I've passed up. You do this, you wake up in the morning, you go, oh no, that was just a dream? You mean I could have been with all the ladies from The View? But no. Are they still hot? I haven't seen the show in a while. Are they still pretty hot? I record a lot of shows, DVR a lot of shows, but I never end up watching them. I just like freeing up space on the DVR to make room for new shows that I'm never going to see. You know what I mean? That's where my entertainment comes from, freeing up space. Just knowing I have that space. Like, you know, like a lot of people want to get their body fat down to 15%. I want to get the available space in my DVR down to 76%. Then I'll be happy. I'll tell you what I do watch, though. You got a minute? What I like to watch is, um, they're kind of reality shows. I call them the hot chick trials. 
It's like these pretty women that are on trial for these crazy crimes like murder. You know what I'm talking about. Like Casey Anthony, Amanda Knox, really pretty girls. I went in Italy. But they never get, um, you know, acute. They never get sent to prison because they're too pretty. And if there's a guy in the jury, they're not going to have it. They want him out on the street. That's just the way it is. That's, if you're poor and unattractive, yeah, sure, maybe you go to prison. But, you know, and again, I'm a guy. I get it. I understand it. I was watching that Casey Anthony trial for like four days in a row. And I'm watching it, I'm thinking, wow, she's kind of cute. I hope she doesn't go to prison. <laughs> but then on the fifth day, she came out and she had her hair behind her ears. And I noticed her ears looked a little big. And I thought, oh, maybe she is guilty. <laughs> and then I saw a little zit on her chin. I thought, hang her, hang her. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy Hits Channel 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I think what happens there is if you're on the app, somehow when it goes from the comedy clips into us there's a, there's, there's, there is a switch over like what, at that moment what's the switch over switching over from being time and space <laughs> time is a flat circle is what I hear from being automated to being alive time takes a cigarette and puts it in your mouth so what were you saying Chris that there you is you put it on a finger <laughs> then another finger that you know when you then a cigarette okay. Because when they're, they're okay, now you can stop playing the bit. Because I know you got nothing to say. I wish that you did. God damn it! <laughs> there is a switchover. That could be the problem. Um, we had to start this sh- uh, show as you were panting over a Miley Cyrus horse pick. Oh my god! Which I believe uh, is inappropriate on your part. Inappropriate. She's yes. of age. She is. How a, old is Miley? I thought she was twelve. No, she's not twelve. She's nineteen. <laughs> She you is, don't have to look it up, please. We've already got some other typer over there, but he's just not doing it. Age of... She's legal, dude. Type in her name and then see how old she is. Uh, she's naked on top of a horse, or at least topless. Yeah, topless and sheer panties. Those, those, those panties, you can see through them. They're sheer white panties. All right, let me just give you this. By the way, the way you say panties grosses me out. How? Why? It's because a panties. You're, you're putting the, too much emphasis on the pant part. It's panties with you. Hey, her panties are sheer. Look at Miley's panties. Now, 
here's here's my problem with the photographer, and this is why I think Tony, uh, whatever Terry Richardson, Terry Richardson is a better photographer than this person. Terry wouldn't waste time with a horse; he would just have her sitting there topless. <laughs> There's no reason to go out and rent a white horse, but you know, costs fucking money. It never occurred to me before, but it's kind of sexy a woman on a horse. I always thought it was that meant the woman's like stuffy. Like I only always see like rich women on horses, but to see Miley Cyrus topless and in sheer panties, it's. <laughs> God, what? I what? hate the way you say that. What's your what, little white panties? You, you've ruined that term for everyone. I think it makes it better. Now, I guess it's the Lady Godiva uh, gimmick, right? Yeah. That was the naked woman on a horse. Uh, and they claim, psychologists claim, little girls riding horses is a sexual thing. Oh, really? Yeah. That if you have a, a little girl who wants a pony and is obsessed with horses, that's sexual. So that means she, you know, when she grows up, she's gonna like men. I think it's because it's just dangerous. Who's saying that? Who's doing that right now? This is know. Fez. I think it's a gnome. What's that, uh, Fez? I'm Fez. <laughs> oh yeah. And she's 21. Just turned legal last November. Uh, no, that's not legal. Legal's 18. Yeah, she's been legal, legal to drink. Oh, okay, so that's what I want to do. I would take her up for a fucking beer. Um, so go ahead, Shelby. I think it's just because it's, it's sort of dangerous. Like, the horse could just flip her off at any time and just shatter her Oh, no, her it clavicle. doesn't have with danger. It's something big and hard between her little legs. She's riding it. She's riding that yeah. horse. I don't know. I know that you haven't thought about these things before, <laughs> but the horse uh, is somewhat phallic. Um, and the only thing between her vagina and that horse is a pair of panties. <laughs> you fucking seriously. I'm going to start swinging. I'm not even <laughs> making this up. I'm going to grab a shovel and beat you to your dad. And then I'm going to yell out, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Speaking of what I do, um, Fez, you haven't had any major fights today? No, no. I made sure I did not say hello to anyone in the hallway. That's good. Oh, God. It's good to always just go 100% in the other direction as your way of taking poisoning and trying to hurt the world by it. Fez thinks if he eats a fuck me pill that everyone else is going to be hurt. You gotta, you gotta contain the poison and get it out of your body, man. Twitter was way on your side yesterday and hoping that you resign very, very soon. Now, um... The fight went on for a while. It was literally about nothing. <laughs> but Fez was in a brouhaha. Oh my god, that was a that was a throwdown. This is what happened. I mean him and Christina from from down the hall. You couldn't have put her over any better than what you did, Fez. <laughs> she could honestly today have a spin off show on this channel. She became so beloved so fast. Yeah. I was just fighting back like people tell me to. Who told you to? People are always like, you know... What people? Listeners. They tell you to fight back. Yes. They mean Speak against, up. They mean against me, you fucking lunatic. Not just some nice girl in the hall. They're saying, fucking just give Ron some shit back. We're all waiting for it. <laughs> We're all wondering, like, when is the day? What's the, Where's the point? Yeah. And it's finally going to fucking explode. And I don't know whether I I'm the day that that happens, I'll probably roll on my back and laugh. It's going to be like being tickled by a million people. It'll, it'll be that fucking joyful. <laughs> when he finally says, "I made a fucking mistake. Drop it. Give it fucking back." 
But in the meantime, I did point out that this other lunatic said panties, and he didn't drop his shoulder and start rubbing his leg. What's so weird about me saying panties? <sighs> it's fucking infuriating. How? She's, I, I say it like everyone else. Seeing, hearing you say this, yeah. it's as gross as seeing a Japanese businessman getting a lap dance. <laughs> it's that fucking annoying. They, just, they don't even call them rap, lap dances. They call them rapes. That's all, that's I thought all you were going to say rap dance. And then no. fucking open ourselves up to that Colbert problem. No, I'm not, I'm not part of that cancel Colbert thing. Silly Park's going to be on our ass. Who's going to be on our ass? Some 23-year-old. That's who started the whole thing. So. Oh, I didn't know this. See, I can't hear him in that room, and he mumbles as it is. He, he, you can barely hear him in here when he's talking. <laughs> Just to us, not even on mic. Um, this got sent to us on the Ron and Fez SXM. By the way, how many times have I told us to make up some kind of good promo for the for the Twitter thing? We, we want to tweet out our Instagrams. And we want to Pinterest out our tweets. You know what I mean? This yeah. is... All right. It's the fucking 90s, dude. The computer age is on us. It's the information. Super highway. It's fucking hammer time right now. Okay? It's grunge rock. Are we going to push MySpace? I see what you're doing there. And you've taken something that's no longer cool and turned it into panties. All right. This got sent to us about you and your love of Miley Cyrus yeah. on a horse. Mm -hmm. Of course a centaur would be attracted to a woman on a horse. Oh, give me Best of both worlds, pervert. I don't like the horse vagina. I like the human vagina and the pair of panties. That's all. That's so <laughs> disgusting. Seriously. Yeah. I'm so fucking annoyed right now. I think those are thong panties. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take out an eye. <laughs> now, do we know if uh, Jimmy Norton got his picture taken with Sam Jackson? I, I have not gotten an update uh, yet. So I'm standing outside the green room looking like um, they're, uh, you know, like he really needed it. So I want that to happen. Everyone now is writing, too, saying that the slowdown has gotten worse this past week. Now, are these are people just on the app, or are they hearing it through their Sirius XM radio? Whenever you have a complaint about an app, about anything at all that you're not getting from this program, call us, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, uh, because we want you to be happy with us at this uh, radio station. We want to people fix are on, Yeah, people are on the job. And they won't know unless we tell them. That's why I tell people, go to the on-demand every day, even if you don't need it. Just go it, test it. It'll help us out in the long run. We're going to make it better, eventually. We're going to make it on our own, Mary Tyler Moore style, okay? I'm going to be throwing my fucking hat in the air and fucking feeling really good, like, when it comes down and I catch it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need a man. That's what I'm going to fucking yell. Still, two incomes would be nice. It would be nice, and I'll tell you the truth. But they could really start you know, spending a little bit. Uh, Otto in Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Um, I, Ron, I think Pepper's stealing your spot because the way he says panties sounds just like your James Mason impression. <laughs> James Mason has panties. <laughs> Pant Lolita, Lolita, come in here. You're only eight years old. Sit on this. No. It's my English uncircumcised cock. Nasty. I forgot to tell you if you're your first time listening, we're an XL channel, okay? That's fucking extreme. Don't you fucking forget it. Well, you can forget it if you need to. Well, they'll realize it every time an F-bomb gets dropped. Uh, 
A listener sent us something with Fez, too. What exactly was this, Chris? All right, this was from last week when Fez and I had an argument when Fez felt that I wasn't uh, doing enough work after the show. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the listener noticed something in the actual in the actual audio that oh, we, this is when he accused you of constantly going out and doing podcasts. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And uh, he, the listener, now, do you remember this, Fez? Yeah, I remember blowing up at Chris. Do you remember making an odd noise? No. All right, let's take a listen. I haven't heard this yet myself. What it's loading it? now in Dillette. This Dillette's Why is it loading? Well, this Dillette's a little slow. I brought that up before in engineering, and they haven't yet to fix it. Is it slow for uh, everybody else? Or just us? This is this. I don't know. If, we're the only ones who use this Dillette in this system. John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, replays. Yeah, I know. Replays. Replays, replays, replays. Got to be yeah, done. Be- before you guys used to play it at midnight on 202. I know. Replay and, you know, as, as ham and eggers, as you put it, uh, we don't, you know, sleep by that. You know, if you do a replay, do it at like 7 o'clock at night. That'd be great. I would love to do that. Uh, we have a meeting today, and we'll bring it up again. We bring it up over and over, but the bosses tell us this. Look, you have to remember something. We don't like you guys. We don't like anything about you. All right, Stephen Knight says the intro has been slowed down all week. Currently listening to the online service. Also, lots of dump reverb noise. What? Huh. Uh, sorry, so you got this Fez thing? Yeah, I got the Fez so thing. So you don't yeah. remember making an odd noise at all, huh, Fez? No, I remember the blow up, but I don't remember the noise. Okay, here we go. Take that stick. Fuzzy. Like you do the office work. Um, sounds like somebody found himself in a clip fight. What was it? Um, sounds like somebody found himself in a clip fight. Why would you make that noise? I have no idea where that came. That sounded like a death rattle. Um, let's hear it one more time. Um, sounds like somebody found himself in a clip fight. <laughs> it sounded um, like sounds I got like somebody pun- found himself in a clip fight. Um. 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 You know what it, it sounded like? What? Uh, grandma fucking was sitting down. <laughs> oh my God. As if a frog was coming. Listen, think of a frog coming. Yeah, that's the sound. Let's one more time. Uh, Mike in the Bronx, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Good, man. Hey, guys. Uh, no, I just called to let you know the, uh, the intro, it, just, it really sounded like it was um, really slow, that's all. It was odd, very odd. And Chris, I gotta agree with you, Molly Star is kinda hot. Thanks. Is she just panty shot? You're fucking annoying. Um. And. Uh. Um. Um, what is that? I don't, I don't know what emotion would elicit this. Oh, wait. It's, let me hear it again. Let me hear it again. Um, that sounds like humor dying. Let's hear it one more time. Um, oh. Um, oh, my God. It's kind of weird. Uh, Ruben and Flushing, you're on the Run of Fest show. 
Ruben, go ahead, buddy. Schumer mentioned fucking the centaur reprobate in a fucking porn. Is that true, you fucking centaur drunk? I, I don't know what you're talking about. This was on Amy Schumer's show. I missed it last night. I have a DVR. Well, when are you going to watch it, Chris, so you can keep up with the rest of us? I'm going to watch it tonight. Great. So we'll, let's go to this. It's the Ron and Fez show. We're always 24 hours late with our references. Um, don't feel bad about that, Fezzy. It'll be fine. Um, um. Here, let me just, uh, let's just, uh, um, now watch. Grandma, your Medicare check never showed up. Um, <laughs> oh, Grandma, they just canceled Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> did you just mic up just to laugh, yeah. Shelby? There was no other reason, just I want you to hear me laughing? I'm sorry, I'm losing it. <laughs> From the person who every word sounds like just a low vibrating hum. The problem with that, Fez, is they're just going to pull you doing that. And we won't remember why you did it. <laughs> I remember when Fez first started to make his barking noises. And this was long even before the breakdown. This was up at um, NEW. And I used to just look around the room because I didn't realize that was coming from him. But any time that I would talk on the show, he started doing this. So finally, I'm like, we got to go back and find these. And sure enough, like a dog seeing a stranger was just the whole time that I talked. But the weird thing was, like, when I brought it up to him, he stopped doing it. Which means it is, it, you do have control over it. It's not a tick. He was just growling at me. So did, did, did Fez you realize you were doing this, or did you not know until Ron brought it up to you? No, I, uh, same with that noise there. I never heard it come what? out of my mouth. Um, um, Darren, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, Ron, that sound, you know what that means? It's time for some of that gay talk. Um, oh. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, that was a bit that Shelby made uh, for him before. Um, I recorded, Stephen has recorded the online slowdown reverb that he's been hearing for us. So is he sending that to us? Uh, send it to Chris? Okay. John and Phil, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, am I the only one that picked up on the fact that Pepper said, you know what, there's something hot about a woman on a horse, you centaur fuck. No, we've been talking about it for fucking ten minutes, John. I brought it up, dude, all right? She's wearing a pair of panties, and it's no big deal. All right, I'm already done with the panties bit. You know, you beat that to fucking death. I know that you come from a background where if you just find a word, say it over and over and over until you drive away every listener. Um... All right, let's take a listen to this. This is the, the slowdown reverb that was recorded for us by uh, someone. I'll have to look Steven. at it. Steven. Stephen Knight, yeah.
the Ron and Fez Show. And am I crazy, or did that opening slow down and speed up a couple times? It felt like it slowed down and sped up. Oh, God, this is a nightmare. It's just a nightmare. Send that on to Don and just say, as many times as engineering promises you something, it doesn't happen. Hey, the ONA Unmasked is coming up. If you want to find out how to get tickets, we've got a link up on the iBang. We haven't been plugging that enough. A lot of people are coming out of the woodwork looking for tickets for this, but the company is doing a sweepstakes, uh, but there is a link up on the iBang if you like to do it. I should be the plug king. I should get a, like a list of things I need to plug over and over because I want to make sure people all have the chance to go for this. What is the last day they can sign up, Fez? I think it's still open. What is the last day that they can sign up for this? Um, I haven't heard a last day yet. That's one of the things we need to look into. Um, did you check the rules on the SXM page? I will check that. Um, hey, Blake, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, I know that uh, that centaurs be lurking up on Reddit all the time, but uh, you probably didn't see Homestar Runner has a new update. It's up on the there. iBang, my friend. It's oh. up on the iBang.com, so you're too little, too late. We're on top of it, dude, right? Boom. God damn it. Um, here's Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie, what's happening? Hey, I'm going to try and be sincere here for a minute. Um, I just want to thank you, Ron, for just bringing the funny and being a smart guy who has a heart and for keeping us listeners hanging in there through all the tough times. So Sounds like something sad's going on in your life, pal. <laughs> I, mean, well, some, been, I mean, seriously, this is bit. like the call you get before your friend fucking hops out the window. <laughs> I just I've been a little negative lately towards a certain person and um who you been I, negative towards? Uh you know the guy that's sitting there next to you. Chris Stanley. <laughs> oh please. <laughs> um but um why yeah, are you negative you, towards Fez? Um I uh, okay. I was going to try and call and be positive. Um, if I had to say it just in a, a sentence, it would be, um, I think there comes a time when someone's maybe being a little too selfish, and um, there's there's a, a better place for Fez right now, and I don't think it, he's, you know, I think he, uh, oh gosh, I didn't want to do this. You're doing it very well, though. But, and, and none of this comes from hate for Fez, it's, um... I, I have sort of the same relationship with my sister that I think you have with Fez, Ron. Yes. And I, I even worked with my sister for a little while, and I had to stop because it was toxic. Hold on. One can stop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. And you know what? After we stopped working together, um, we had a friendship again. And things got better. Life gets better. All right, thanks, honey. All right, I love you, Ron. All right, and Fez, you love us both. I lo- I do. There's love for the whole gang there. Okay, great. Take care okay. now. Uh, down in South Beach, they're doing a big show, Chris. A big festival. It's a South Miami Beach Comedy Festival. 
It's the South Miami Beach Comedy Festival. Is it's, that the name of it? It's the South Beach Comedy Festival. It starts tonight in South Beach. Let me get the full details from the man who's down there. He likes to jump around. This time, he jumped way down to South South Beach. So be it's our own Jeffrey Gurian. Man, how are you? How you doing, buddy? How's Miami? I'm doing amazing. Miami is great, but you're, I can't believe what they did to me. The whole thing is a joke. What's it was that? April 1st. April 1st. It was an April Fool's joke. There's no, there's no comedy festival. They flew me down here for nothing. No, April Fool's was yesterday. Oh, okay. Then it's real. So is... <laughs> no, that's when I got here. I got here yesterday. Yeah. And they told me... And they told me that there was no festival, that it was just a joke, that they just brought me down for the heck of it. Um, but the truth is, yeah. yeah. Now, what's happening down there? It's wild, man. Yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. The, first of all, the weather is insane. It's perfect. And the girls are unbelievable, you know. Mm-hmm. And this craziest thing happened. Have you heard the rumor that President Obama is trying to break into the comedy world? Well, I know he did that thing not too long ago with uh, Zach Galifianakis. Well, I think maybe that spurred it, because he's got the idea that he thinks he's funny. And he's actually, you know, he's down here at the South Beach Comedy Festival, and he's trying to break into the comedy scene, right? Yeah. Now, I'm at the Surf Coma Hotel, which is gorgeous, by the way. We checked in, me and Rob, my producer... And I had heard that Obama was in the hotel. So I called the manager of the hotel, and I'm like, is Obama really here? Is that real? And he's like, yeah, he is. And I got him here with me, and he's willing to come on the Ron and Fez show to talk about breaking into the comedy world. All right, let me hear it. Is it okay if I bring him on? Yeah, bring him on. Uh, Hold up, Seth. Uh, hold, hold on, are we ready? Is yeah, we're on? ready. Yeah, we're on. Oh, hey, 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 Ron and Seth, how's it going? How you doing, Mr. Ron President? I'm, I'm lovely. How are you? Good, man. Uh, really, what are you with, doing with you... Gurian? Uh, excuse me? What are you doing with Gurian? Well, I, I, I saw him in the lobby, and, and his hair, uh, fascinating. Fascinating, yeah, it is. I, it's I, insane. I, I need to know that guy. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't be the only one in on this. Chris, you should be in on this yeah. as well. Yeah. It's the yeah, president actually, of the United uh, States. I can't believe this thing's gone over like this. I, you, good, congratulations on your health care package. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, have you signed up yet? No, I have health insurance. Uh, well, I'm glad you mentioned health care because I believe that comedy is the best medicine. And that's why I'm here at the South Beach Festival because I think I'm going give, to give a go at it. Well, that's weird because Jeffrey's a healer too. Did he, did he talk to you about that? We haven't had a chance to talk about that. But really, he was here. He asked if I knew Mike Epps because Mike is performing at the festival, and he would like Mike to try to get him into a movie. You know, oh, yeah. Mike. Yeah, Mike is on top of the world. Obama's on top of the world. Where's the love for Jeffrey Gurriam right now, though? Uh, I love Jeff. I think he's a great guy and a good American. This is an astounding Obama. This is Obama. Yes, I am astounding. Thank you very much for the compliment. My wife, Michelle, thinks the same. <laughs> are you, are you going to go see Mike Epps? 
Absolutely. We may uh, hang out after the, after the show in the parking lot, and you know what, I'll twist one up. Yeah, of course. President. You know, it is legal in Miami. At least everybody does it. Oh, yeah. Miami, uh, I think it'll be legal here pretty soon. All right, Mr. President, thank you so much for being on with us. That's the South Beach Comedy Festival. It's happening all weekend. Uh, tell Jeffrey we said goodbye now. Thank you very much. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, we're going to go to all the shows together. I'm going to bring President Obama with me. All right, fantastic, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Okay, man. Talk to you later. Peace. Bye-bye. Can't believe Gurian got Obama. I wish my producer let me know. Where yeah. we were going with that. I'm going to just take a fez and lay down when something uncomfortable like that happens. That's why I said, let's bring Chris in. Didn't he never let me know that he had uh, Obama with That's him. why I need you on the phone and not uh, Shelby. Yeah. You know, producing. Yeah. Could have set it up properly. All right, it is the Ron and Fez show, and that is the South Beach Comedy Festival that is taking place all this week. Mike Epps headlining. One of the many headliners down there. It's a huge comedy festival. Gurian's got it covered completely. And so do you. Brian, you're on the Run of Fed show. I got a spy report, Ron. I need one. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Uh, you better call the Z-Man. Online cigar sales have been banned and are waiting on Barack Obama's signature to uh, to uh, thwart how we're going to buy cigars anymore. Uh, Z-Man is battling it, but you know he works for that big cigar company that does tons of online sales. They just don't want us to smoke anymore. No. And they're just running us out of this uh, fucking uh, cigar thing. No cigars, no e-cigarettes, no e-cigars. I didn't know that they were going to have such hate for the e-cigarettes. And it's not, you know, the original hate for the uh, cigarettes was secondhand smoke. Now they're using it the e-cigarettes because it's going to get let kids smoke earlier. That's their fucking big A gateway vapor. But it was everything, the e-cigarette was everything that the government didn't want in a cigarette. It's like it, apl- it complied with everything. No smoke, no secondhand, no nicotine. And it still wasn't good enough. It looks too much like a cigarette. The ONA Mast is coming up on April 17th if you go to the iBang... Remember, new start time, 4 p.m. The link is there if you want to be part of the Sirius hey, Rich, XM. Hey, you're on the Fez show. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Rich. Holy shit, I can't believe you picked me up so quick. Thank you very much, Ron. Oh, this uh, is the you know that guy. This is Richard in Canada, the psychiatrist yeah. guy. Yes. I had you up as Rich this time. Yes. Yeah, I'm getting nine months, buddy. On Tuesday, I'm getting my chip. All right. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you've never really brought up the program and stuff over there, but uh, you are an inspiration to us. And there's a couple of other people that I heard call in and say, you know, thank you for your sobriety, and I thank you for my sobriety too, buddy. All right, buddy. Thanks for calling. All right, eight six six Ron zero Fez eight six six Ron zero Fez. It is the Ron and Fez show, and uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, it's going to be Cedric. The Entertainer, Cedric the Entertainer, stopping in here. And, uh, well, he's got his T 
TV show going on right now. It is uh, Soul Man, and it airs Wednesday on TV Land at uh, 10.30. Uh, he also does the big Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which uh, another big, big show. What is it? Is does he use the Soul Man theme song? No, he doesn't use it. They, but he uses a like a, it sounds like a TV tried to make a Soul Man esque version because they didn't want to use the actual Soul Man song. Let me hear uh, the theme that they use. This is Soul Man from uh, Cedric's TV show. the actual song soul man because i don't hear the closeness that you're hearing oh no i think it's very different this is really one of the great songs of all time Mark, how you doing, buddy? Hey, bud. Yeah. Hey, I was calling to see if any of you boys saw National Geographic's version of Mystery Science Theater last night. I did not see that. What exactly happened? Uh, dude, it was fucking awesome. I turned it on as some documentary about some dude following bats, and then they had the guys that did the original Mystery Science Theater just fucking ragging on them for like 30 minutes. And they did three separate episodes. It was something for April Fool's last night. But this is, this is really reminds you of the old National Geographic, doesn't it? It's really, uh, yeah. it's, you it's know, they, yeah, they've they've kept it going. Um, yeah, it's called to me, Fools this is like balls. if you suddenly went to Playboy and you just saw fucking Harry set of balls. That's how that's the leap that National Geographic has made. Alan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, yeah, I know I missed it, but I'd just like to mention about the e-cigarettes and gateway drugs. I mean, yeah, I just want to check on something. Unless someone has an anchor on their ass, could they go check and see if our guest is going to be here? I don't want to wake anybody up um, and see if we can't get Joe Biden to call in from Miami Beach. Well, that would be great. I mean, I, uh, what are they going to say is going to be the next gateway drug like uh, uh Kids with big pens in classrooms chewing on the end of them. I mean, I honestly think it all starts with milk and cereal because most people who become heroin addicts um, used to have cereal with milk poured over it when they were little kids. So the only thing I can come up with is that it's a horrible gateway drug. If you give your kids cereal, they will eventually do heroin. 
pacifiers. I'm not saying all cereal eaters will go on to do heroin, but all heroin addicts used to eat cereal. We can get a grant from an institution to film this stuff. I've never gotten a grant before. I'd love to get one. you got to start applying. There's I'd like to get a Lou Grant, if there's any of those av- uh, available. There's enough. They give out enough money to enough of these studies. We could. We don't even need, need a doctorate. We'll just say we have a bunch of people. We're going to survey them. We need two million dollars. I'll do it for a fucking million. I'll fucking start surveying people right now. Yeah, the gateway drug thing. I never. I never really fell for. You're either you've either got an addictive personality or you don't. All right, so five minutes before Cedric, the entertainer, shows up. He's got Soul Man uh, airing Wednesdays on TV land. That's an entire land just on TV. And it's on television. Yes, it's on television. TV land is on television. Most of the time when someone says we have a show, that show's on TV. In the land of TV. It's kind of meta. TV land is kind of a meta Station since it's on television, but it's TV land on well, TV. I'm just going to see if you're using this correctly. How do you mean meta? Like inside, mm-hmm. like a, in, like in something's inside something else. Mm-hmm. So it's a TV land on TV. Right. See, t- something's on TV. It's already on the land of television. Right. So all TV is TV land to you. And CBS to you should be just also called TV land because they live in the land of TV. Television. This <laughs> TV land should be the umbrella, right? And then all the other channels underneath it. Um, Eric, you're on the run of Fez show. Uh, good morning, boys. Um, well, fucking afternoon. Uh, the, um, you know, I don't buy the whole gateway, uh, gateway drug thing for anything. I never have. Uh, I think those who are going to use this shit are going to use this shit. But, um, about the e-cigarettes, I love them as a way for people to quit smoking. But as far, you know, other than that, it's just a delivery system for nicotine. And I don't understand someone who doesn't smoke and not using it as a way to quit why someone would start, and I agree with the fact that they should not be able to. I love it to be able to smoke weed out of those things and whatever because it's not as detrimental to your health smoking-wise, but it, it, nicotine doesn't offer that. It, it's just- but has anyone ever said, I don't smoke, but I'm going to start e-cigs? I've never heard of anyone doing it. It's basically for smokers. See, it's, it's an alternative. You can smoke inside again, you know, without fucking making your place smell like sticking of cigarette smoke. They just hate to see people relaxing other than if you're on a fucking Valium. By the way, these same people have no trouble with everyone in the country getting Oxycontin every time they get a sprained ankle. But an e-cig freaks them out. Uh, if this cigar ban goes on down, and I know fucking um, that we're seeing... Uh, people attempting to fight it but you're not going to bring in anyone other than the people doing it uh wanting to fight it and you're a minority person if you smoke cigars in this country you're actually a minority person if you smoke cigarettes uh in this country hi you're on the run of fez show who's this hey this is kevin calling from pennsylvania hey kevin how you doing pal good i wanted to argue with you about e-cigarettes go ahead um, the thing is, is that they're very much oriented to children. Uh, the flavors that they have... I've never seen most, a child smoke one. Not one. Well, I found a, a pack of them in my son's bedroom. He's 15 years old. He's never smoked cigarettes before, but he's smoking e-cigarettes. 
How do you know he's never smoked cigarettes before? Because you can smell it for how. So let me just bring this up to you. Because somebody smokes. Oh, yeah, because most of the time when you're a kid, when you do things, you do them in your house, not out with your friends. But let's just. uh, Do you want to ban cigarettes because a kid could get to it? I'm not, the only thing is, is that e-cigarettes are not illegal for minors to purchase in every state except for California. California is the only state that's banned e-cigarettes. Any other state, uh, lots of stores have policies that they're not allowed to sell them, but California is the only state that now, has passed legislation. Right, Kevin, let me come back to this thing, too. Are we supposed to help you raise your children? Is that our job? Not at all. That's not the point I'm trying to make, but the point is the cigarettes are Pointed the children when you have flavors like Coca Cola and sweet vanilla and all this stuff. So, so you're saying that the only thing that we could do to keep the from keeping this thing that you can't convince your kid not to do is that we ban it. I didn't. No, I don't agree with banning all e-cigarettes, but they need to be have the same uh, type of warnings and the same laws that. Um, tobacco does because it's just another way for the tobacco companies to change the face of how they're providing nicotine to people. I mean, tobacco companies could care less how you're getting the nicotine as long as you get the nicotine because that's the addictive part of the cigarette. Uh, But I'm just going to say this. Personally, I've never seen this Coca-Cola and vanilla flavored. I mean, we just have regular mint. You can order all the different flavors that way. But but again, I mean, I really think it's got to be up to you figuring out whether your kid smokes or not. Oh, I Um, agree. And as a parent, it's my responsibility to try to tell them not to do it and, you know, uh, and, of course, I did things much worse when I was 16 years old. But, you know, you don't want to have a monkey around your neck at 16 years old already being addicted to a substance is what I, you know, that's the tack that I use. But you can't do much more than that because they can get it anywhere else. You just hope you teach them the right thing. Every kid's going to try it. They just ought to not make it quite so easily obtainable for children. And it's just another way that tobacco companies are, you know, they're changing their market. I have news for you. You know what was the easiest for me, thing for me to get as a kid? Because it wasn't easy to get beer, but it was very easy for me to get LSD. It was very easy for me to get speed. It was a very easy thing for me to get downs. So this whole thing of everyone else is going to line up to help you keep this kid from doing the things that he wants to do, to me, has always seemed crazy. Um... Here's uh, John. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. How's it going? Good. Um, I just want to tell this guy he's got his facts wrong. The only e-cigarettes, uh, my nephew smokes them, and the only ones that minors are allowed to purchase are non-nicotine. And he's talking about it being an addictive substance. Right. They're not allowed to buy the ones with the nicotine in them. So if they're puffing on non-nicotine flavored, and that's the way they look at it, like they're puffing on flavored stuff, it's no different than them having a Jolly Rancher. And they, they think real cigarettes are gross. You know, so they're not... Going yeah, these are like space kids now. They're like yeah. uh, cyberpunk space kids. Well, it's tiny little engines in the thing burning nic- nicotine. It's really wild. If you open one up, like I've opened them up before, and I look what I'm actually, what the smoking I, device is. Yeah. It looks wild. It's like it's the future. Well, have you tried the non-nicotine ones? No, I haven't. I've uh, only... That's the ones that we got to try. Um, all right, thanks. All right, uh, here's Rick. Rick, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, morning, Ronnie. How you doing? Hey. I, that guy that just called in a minute ago, he, he's an idiot. He's always talking about it. I, I've been using an e-cigarette now for two years. It helped me quit smoking regular cigarettes. I was able to, to drop my nicotine level down to zero, 
still smoke on something when I'm drinking and partying. Um, and it, it, the bottom line is it's not the nicotine that kills you in the cigarettes. It's all the other shit that's burning. And that's what I think the guy's missing. He wants a warning label. For I mean, if that's the case, then we're gonna have to put warning label on caffeine because it's the same. It's the same kind of. Uh, you yeah, know. you cannot. You know, this argument has to come down, and and they really are going to try to ban sugar fucking products in the future as well. Um, there's no doubt about that. Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello, is that Brian. Yeah. Sorry about that. Hi, I've been uh, trying to quit since I was 12. I'm 38. Uh, Chantix, gum, patches, uh, you know, 20 plus years of failure. I've quit smoking these vapor cigarettes. It seems that uh, the government's trying to, probably losing billions of dollars in income from tobacco taxes. What they're going to do is vilify the vapors, tax the shit out of them, i.e., a sin tax, and then uh, move forward. Can I give a quick plug to a great uh, vapor company? Yeah, real quick. Uh, SpectrumVapor.com. Thanks a lot, Ron. All right, thanks, buddy. Uh, all right, Cedric the Entertainer is here. Soul Man airs Wednesdays on TV Land at 10.30. And who wants to be a millionaire? Check all your local listings. Let's bring in Cedric the Entertainer. I like anybody that comes into soul music to begin with, Cedric. You like that, right? Yeah. The soul man. <laughs> I know. I mean, they, they had the real... They, Sam was over here. Not long, yeah, right? Sam Moore was here. Yeah. I'm a soul man. What a great song. That's a big song. It, for yeah. years, still like works, right? How about for you? What, do, what kind of music did you grow up on? Was it... Mainly a lot of uh, R&B soul. Yeah. It was like, I mean, big fan of Marvin Gaye and Al Green and the Spinners. And that was always great. LTD. Like, that was like, I just remember, like, it was, you know, the eight-track cassettes, and my yeah. mom would have those, or the albums, the big albums. And so it was a lot of that, man, you know, more than anything in my house, you know. It was such a great era because you had that kind of soul music, and then funk on the other side, yeah. and just really big bands of musicians. Just huge. Just <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic was like ninety people. I know, like on stage, right? Like yeah, his, yeah. I, that was one of the first concerts I ever went to. Was a Parliament concert. Yeah. I, you know, I just remember like. Uh, just how surreal the experience was probably being like 15 years old right. having an older cousin take me to the show and you know it was just like the you know the mothership comes down and the, everybody's got on costumes and, you saw the mothership we were on that tour when yeah. the mothership dropped down from the ceiling yeah. and they came out and just fucking turned it out it was uh, such yeah. a great band oh that was crazy i, I just i can remember like uh you know and everybody would dress up and yeah. you know clinton had that kind of crazy like eclectic style and people would be like that so at the yeah. concert you would see like people kind of half naked with a diaper on right and, you know <laughs> and, you know you, you know again i'm 15 i don't really know if this is appropriate at right. the time. Like, that was the strange yeah, 70s like the dude strange. did you just shit in your diaper like i mean it's like it's no reason just because you're wearing it, yeah. you know, it's no reason, sir, for you to actually. <laughs> <laughs> that 
they just set out to be weird for weird sake. You know, just like, yeah. let's make people, after we leave, they'll still be talking about the show. But it was all, it was so many hits. Like, I was just thinking about the groove of that music. Like, you know, Knee Deep and, yeah. you know, One Nation Under a Groove. They just all flashlight. had this, like, flashlight. Just, you know, they just all had to rock. And then you even think about, like, in, in that era, like, the whole, like, Ohio players. They had a lot of people in their band. Just giant amounts of people. What? How did everybody get paid? This was, I used to I wonder. I don't know because I see the thing is I think paid was the last thing that they worried about. It was, it was like strictly lifestyle, tour life. Yeah. yeah, having fun, being on the road. No one really probably thought from day one I'm going to start putting money away. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Exactly. I'm I just need to know how can I get that red boa because yeah. I want to wear it on stage. With I wanna, no shirt. Yeah, I want to be on the road and meet chicks from new towns over yes. and over and over. There you go. I'm, the, it, I'm the guitar player. Yeah. But it was a great, great era. And like the last real music era, you know, there was yeah. no dub music. There was nothing Yeah, recorded. no, like real people had instruments. I mean, yeah, anytime you see a band on stage and there's a guy with a trombone. Yeah. I mean, because the trombone player, <laughs> that, that, that was the first one to go. If you were going to yeah. let go, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. if you had to start cutting back on your band, right. it's like, dude, you play a trombone. Like, right. I mean, I need a guitar player, that's for sure. <laughs> I do need a drummer. And sometimes those guys used to see, like, a trombone player and a couple... And most of the time, they would just dance back and forth yeah. and then hit a note, yeah. hold it for a while, and then back to dancing back and forth. That was you? That yeah, was me. Yeah, I like it. That was me. I added that. Yeah. And a lot of times you'd be watching, you think, I think I could do that. Uh, uh, oh. Clarence Clemens with Bruce. Oh, he would yeah. dance most, most of, the time, of the time and then come out and just hold one note and the place would go crazy oh, for him. Oh, he killed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be bad. Or, or the cowbell dude. That's yeah. Now, or the, yeah. <laughs> that would be a nice The wood knocker. That dude. <laughs> that's the guy right there. Like, like, that's the dude that's like obviously like the lead singer's little brother. Right. Like, he's like, you're going to take him with you and he's going to go and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sing, he doesn't play guitar. He's like, yeah. That's it. That's his job. Yeah, there's no stress. There's no, <laughs> no stress, stress to that, in that job. job at all. Yeah. Because you can mess up. Nobody really knows if you're off. You know, right. it's like, I'm the wood knocker. Right. Yeah. And then that also gives you time to point at the audience. Pick, Go yeah, pick like, girls. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be good at that. You can't yeah. be just a wood knocker. Right. You're going to have to be the guy that's like, yo, I pulled a few of them out of the audience yeah, for that, you. Yeah, so that. Like, anybody that's bad at that job, that's a bad job. When you're on tour, that's a very important job. Mm -hmm. the, the wrangler, right. if you will. The girl wrangler. Now, when you were out with the Kings, those you were basically doing those same arenas that we're yeah, talking man. about with that. How were the? What was the groupie situation? It was like that? big time. It was yeah. big time. Comedy groupies are not as hot as. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a sadness it's, to them. It's, it's, it's a certain sadness to it because they are there, yeah. sure, and it's a lot of them. But yeah. they are comedy groupies, and so you're kind of looking at them like the thing uh, is, their heart is into it. You can't tell them <laughs> you are not. Not what we were expecting. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm going to have to sing like on my tour because this is not. I mean, I'm sure you're willing and you're available, but this is not kind of. I'm going to have to pass. Who, whose idea was the Kings to when the that Kings was, of Comedy? That was uh, that was like the the idea of um, uh, Walter Latham. He was the he was the promoter on the tour, yeah. and he had did you know he, he had promoted us all like individually. Mm -hmm. So we uh, he was one of the you know the young promoters that was hot in the game at the time, and we would all. 
all like kind of go out with him individually, and then he had this idea to put us all like on this big arena show. So, and then it just got massive. Then it got crazy. Massive. He got crazy, and that's when things got weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like, no, it was a good time. <laughs> you know, it was a good time because you know we were out. You know, again, you're doing arenas. You you know, flying around like on jets. You got the tour buses out. It was yeah. just like it was rock and roll comedy, crazy. Right. That's a long way from open mic night. Yeah, you know exactly. It's mean? like, a long yeah. trip. Like at the Westport Playhouse, you know. Yeah. At Chuck Chuckles. <laughs> Chuck, some guy named Chuck has got his. Uh, Chuck Chuckles, come on out. You know, I've got Cedric here. You know, you got to do your time, and there's nobody in the audience but one, two drunk dudes, and, you know, and that one groupie still there. So, how long did it take you to get over to go from that point of, you know, where the people just, if they come out to comedy, to where it got real big. It was, you know, it was actually you know interesting way. It was kind of fast for me because, um, you know, I just came right in a. It was a really good era. Like so, I started. I probably started doing comedy in you know like like late eighty seven, uh, eighty eight, and then uh, Def Comedy Jam came on like in eighty nine or ninety. Like mm-hmm. and it was like it, it just was this explosion of especially for urban you know black comics. We just had a lot more work opportunity to go out and tour and so. Uh, it just opened up the game, and so I just happened to come in at the right time. Like it was like perfect. Isn't that you know? strange? How life can work that way? It can yeah. work for you or against you? Exactly. You know. Yeah, it, it is a timing thing. You got to be ready for it. I mean, yeah. you know, of course, people. You always tell people you got to be prepared, but you know, you just never know when that door is going to open. Is going to be the one. It's like, oh, you, you, you're, you're the guy. We want yeah. you in. And it's actually, in a lot of ways, easier to work the big rooms, particularly if they know who you are. Yeah, well, definitely. Then if you just come in there like, hey, I'm some guy. Yeah, you got to make a name <laughs> for yourself. Like, you show up in the town, you see that, like, you got to go, and, you, you know, you're out in the mall at the food court <laughs> handing out flyers. Come, yeah, I'm at Chuck Chuckles tonight. <laughs> we'll make this a real place out of nowhere. Somebody's going to be like, yo, Chuck Chuckles is yeah. really big. Like, <laughs> hey, I heard about it. There is probably. Somebody said, I heard about you on the radio today. They were talking about, Dude, they talking about you, Chuck. Club, yeah, things yeah. are happening now. <laughs> things are happening out of nowhere. That's all he needed, too. He's like, oh, I blew up. Said, said my name for some reason. And all of a sudden, I'm hot. Like, I hit the hottest club in Peoria. Soul Man, second season now, right? Third so season. Third season. I, wow. Yeah, man. That was good news. TV Land was working out nice for you, too, huh? Yeah, this is a good situation. I mean, because, you know, one, it's a small environment where, you know, you have the opportunity to, to do the kind of show that you want to do without a lot of executives or, you know, mm-hmm. like energy on top of you. And at the same time, uh, uh, because they do a limited amount of TV shows that, you know, they're going to make sure that you, that, that you win. They win. They want you to try to win. And so this has been good, you know, and uh, we were able to premiere last week with a live episode, which was a lot of fun. We Mm -hmm. was like, you know, walking on a tightrope where if people messed up, it was just going to be live. It was going to happen. So uh, so that was good. And then, you know, that that helped the viewership a lot, you know, just kind of getting people to know we're out there. And you're on the same, you know, with the same shows that you grew up on, you know, so you're you're being compared to really the best sitcoms that 
ever got made. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that's the thing about it too that their you know their brand is to put on those sitcoms, those iconic shows, mm-hmm. and even when they you know even in creating new shows, they like people that have been on television before. So uh, in some kind of a you know situ- situational comedy capacity, so uh, I think that that's what people like about TV Land, and then it allows you to do a show that has has an old school feel, but with a modern energy to it. You right. know, you don't have to be all snarky and mean and you know and write the, these kind of shows that uh, I feel that that's what's going on now like everything's so mean spirited yeah. yeah what do you think that changed though Cedric when do you think people start to be sometimes I think you gotta stand out more so you have to say that thing that people re- yeah. repeat you know like a joke is not enough to get people to repeat sometimes well uh, you know it, it's probably had to be like in the you know to me it's probably like that that mid you know like 2005 2000 mm-hmm. when it was just one of these things like you know big shows that you know were off the airs be it Seinfeld and Friends these kind of things yeah. and people just need Needed to somehow grab, you know, the attention, so they just were willing to say whatever, just so you can at least be news or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I think that's all kind of driven by, you know, how much news we get, how much, uh, you know, TMZ and you know that 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 requirement to be famous is right. also it's more than just to be good. You got to be famous. You know, I watched Sam Jackson come into the building today, and the TMZ people and all the yeah. pops around, and it just looks so uncomfortable. It looks like an awful way. To have to go around in your life, yeah, like you know? just yeah, just soon as you get out, you have no idea. Like some people are just like they they heard and they're just sitting there waiting on you, you yeah. know, like with cameras and you know and you know and that's that could be to a restaurant or you know right. a kids play like they are they don't care. I, I was at a I was out with my wife and we were like at a farmers market and it was like a TMZ dude. I'm like, dude, it's the <laughs> farmers market, but he was like, this is the one where all the celebrities come. And I was like, I had no idea, but you know. Like I'm just like I'm yeah. buying kale right now. <laughs> right. Like it's not. It's, I don't think I have news. <laughs> right. These are peaches. These are uh, <laughs> organically grown strawberries. <laughs> Cedric eating strawberries yeah. turns his back on grapes. <laughs> Coming up tonight at eight o'clock. Yeah, big crime. I was like, what is this in Hollywood where no one's eating grapes anymore? What, what were the TV shows that you grew up? Oh, of course, you know, there was, uh, it was, it, it was all, you know, the great ones in, in the sense that it was the Jeffersons no. and uh, all in the family, uh, you know, good times, uh, Barney Miller, I used to like, yeah. it was like really cool, uh, Three's Company, you know. Yeah, those were like the times where there would just be sitcom after sitcom after sitcom. Yeah. People just wanted to laugh. Oh, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was bunches of them, like right at yeah. that time, yeah. And people, yeah, people definitely want to just have a good time, you know. And then, you know, then they kind of had the long form things, you know, right. uh, be it like, you know, Love Boat and, you know, they, they started to kind right. of play with that kind of fantasy world, fantasy island, stuff like that. I remember like, with uh, the Red Fox when Sanford and Sanford Son, Son, yeah. I would wake up happy that day, knowing oh, yeah. that that show was going to be on later. Oh, Sanford Son was classic. It, of course, you know, you, you're right. They, they, they affected you in a different way, those shows. Like, yeah. you really were excited to see them and you know they became that you know that must see TV but right, right now, because you had the last choices so it was just great if you knew you were going to have a comic on TV that night it yeah. just felt like alright good I got something yeah, but I got the, something yeah, here in the suburbs 
uh, now you could actually go back and watch all those shows on your computer right. as soon as you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you're also doing the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, man. Staying busy. Yeah, a little something. Yeah. Not slacking. Yeah, right. Trying not to be a slacker. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever going to say, look at Cedric. He's just taking it easy yeah, now. Look at him. He's on cruise he's, control. Yeah, he's got those strawberries. He doesn't give a shit about grapes anymore. <laughs> he's, just a, yeah, he's just enjoying life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, uh, that's fun, man. You know, of course, you know, um, got offered to do the show and I did. It took over last year. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's a big, iconic game show. Sure. It's so fun to play. People come on there, the opportunity to win big money. So, you know, I'm I'm having a good time with it. Do you find yourself pulling for those people or, you know? Some people, yeah. Some people. Some people. It's it's, it's a few of them that you go, I just hope this guy loses his shirt. (laughs) (laughs) This dude's an asshole. I hope he loses his shirt. You you ought to say that on this show. Just go for it, dude. You really annoy me. Go for the whole thing. Risk it all. Right. Because you watch some of these shows and you can't believe that people come in with nothing. They have money, and they go, I want to risk it. Yeah. You're like, why? I like gutsy players like that. Yeah. Because well, I like good the people TV. that are super really safe. Those yeah. are the ones that really get on my nerves. <laughs> like the people, like, they just like, you know what? I'm just going to take my, I'm going to take my 18000 and go. You're like, really? Really? You took up a whole uh, half hour TV, and all you went for was 18000 Like, come on. Go for it. Now, do you try to make sure you get real high rollers coming through the door? Is there a thing of people that look like they want to risk? It's a combination of yeah. like people that can really play the game well, so you kind of have those people that they're a little more like about the trivia and they really want to yeah. play the game. Now, they may not be good risk takers. They may not be like the, you know, but they'll they'll make it the show interesting because right. they'll know answers that, you know, people are like, no way. Somebody yeah. would know that. And, you know, and they're, they're kind of fun. Um, but then, so it's that combination. But I, I like the risk takers more. I like the people that's like... I'm going for it. I like the people, too, that look like they've never heard a trivia question in their life. You oh, know? Yeah. They can't name a Beatle. They're yeah. like, uh, Seymour? I don't know Seymour. what it is. I don't know what it is. Seymour. He's my favorite Beatle. Yeah, Those are always the greatest things. Because you're at your house screaming, why? Right. Why you and not me? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's the other part about this show. Like, cause it is one of those things where everybody thinks they know the answer. Right. So, you know, you just kind of draw an audience in because, you know, you're, you're, everybody's sitting in their house like, this dude, I could have won that. Right. Yeah. And there's certainly a thing where it's easier at home without the pressure on you. You know, we're all playing without the pressure. Uh, those lights that whip that around. Lights, that music, that, yeah. that heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting there. You're sitting there trying to think of answers, <laughs> and I'm just looking at you, right. like staring you down. Like, yeah, right, yeah, that's scary. But but it's fun. Dude. It's fun when people win. And uh, I had I had one lady go for like the million dollars, mm-hmm. and you know, but she she didn't win it. But she she was a, she, she she went for it. it. I like it. Yeah. You want you want the people just come in and just be just. Just throwing from just throwing. I had this. I did. I did have this one guy though. He messed up and he gave himself a nice cursing out, like on the side of the stage. He was like, 
fuck, why did I do that? He was like, bro, it was like it was, we was about to start another show and he was giving himself a reaming, man. Like, I was like, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, maybe we should give this dude a nice little parting gift yeah, or something. something. I got a yeah. feeling he's going to come back here and shoot up the place. Like, yeah, it's like dude. what the casinos try to do. They try to give you a sweatsuit on the something. way out. Yeah, there you well, go. There you you go. Don't, don't go crazy. Yeah. Just don't go crazy. Here's something with our name written on it. All right, Soul Man airs Wednesdays yeah, man. on TV Land at 10.30, 9.30 Central. And who wants to be a millionaire available everywhere? Check your local listings and at said entertainer on Twitter. Good to see you again, man. All right, always good to see you. Appreciate it, Ron. I'll Thank you, I'll see you next time All coming right. through. All right, I'll holler. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Serious XM. Comedy hits. Recently on the Rod and Fez Show, we trended worldwide on Twitter. We had our listeners tweet us potential new slogans for the show. And at Bad Pain Gulls came up with the winning slogan. Which was, listen, or Bobby Bennington is going to fuck you up. Congratulations, at Bad Pain Gulls. You're on your way to Madison Avenue. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Listen, or Bobby Bennington is going to fuck you up. Weekdays at noon Eastern on Raw Dog, Sirius XM, Comedy Hits 99. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fans on Raw Dog. The Ron and Fez show. I always like when uh, Cedric the Entertainer comes in. Um, someone wrote to us saying that uh, they were the only white people in their row. That is kind of the great thing about Cedric is he never really completely crossed over. He still has a black audience. There's a lot of black comics that have a really white audience. And they end up spending all their time, you know, like trying to explain black people to white people. But Cedric just comes in just like you heard him today. Just talking crazy. Uh, Soul Man airs Wednesdays on TV Land. Uh, you want to uh, check that out. Uh, all right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Coming up in just a little bit, uh, comedian Dan Soder is going to stop in with us. And then Michael Lawrence uh, stopping by uh, after that. Maybe we can keep everybody uh, together. That would be fun. Baseball season is up and running. Chris, they got us yesterday on that um, on that little April Fool's uh, prank that you lost the captain. I you believed it in a heartbeat. I, I, I look. I know Jeter is in. Tentative, tentative shape here. We don't know what's going to happen. He came back too soon last season, lost that leg for good. Now, um, now CeCe's getting hammered fucking in the first two wings for six runs. I'm freaking out. Even if you're not a baseball fan, and uh, when you know it's baseball season, it's a good sign because it means life is slowing down a little bit. I love the feeling. 
because I can't wait to start going to some games just to be just to sit in the ballpark and, and watch some Yankee games. It's such a great feeling. Well, the beauty of it too, you're down in the village, and games are on every TV in a bar. Yeah. So while you're in a bar, you got something to go up to look at. You know, you don't have to be somewhere for a baseball game the way you have to be for a football game. You don't have to prepare your food. You don't have to tell your friends where you're going because you get 162 games. Now, the other good thing is you don't have to watch a whole baseball game. Oh, no, just catch a couple innings. You can come in in the fifth inning, uh, turn it off in the eighth, and feel like you watch some baseball. You don't have to be there every second of every game. That's when like people are uh, saying, oh, baseball takes too long. I go, what's your hurry? Where are you going? It's like complaining about a lunch break or a siesta. I can't stand the, oh, it's so slow. You're a jerk. You don't know what you're talking about. You can't... It's, it's someone who can't... They do walk around the mound more than they used to, though, Chris. You have to admit that. Like, the time between pitches doesn't need to be that much. Babe but, Ruth didn't have, like, a sleeve and a, the whole uh, pads and brace. He had to reattach every swing. Yeah, but then they died of old age by the time they were 32. They didn't... <laughs> Babe Ruth also didn't do a sit-up. Pricey pay. Uh, I do like um, like the old ball players would drink really right up to game time. If you look at like the old baseball, it was no different than if you're in an after work beer league. Oh, it was fan- it was wonderful. They all but said, "Babe Ruth, you have to do a shot after you hit the ball." <laughs> you did it. Um, Don't be a pussy. You better take the shot. All right, we got into this conversation, so we put together a five on it, and it's like. Uh, Fun baseball books. I mean, we have it up as great baseball books, but great baseball books tend to be more about fundamentals and stuff like that. The kind of books that you read when you're 11 and you're trying to become a better shortstop. I'm going to be in the big league one day. This will help me. Now, you know, you can say to kids, look, you're not a Dominican. You're not going to the big leagues. Just enjoy the game for what it is. We paid for that glove. But we put together a list of baseball books because, again, baseball players are such great storytellers that it doesn't, just like we said, you can come into the game anywhere. A really good baseball book you can pick up on any page and just start reading. So the book can be sitting there, you know, at the table next to your easy chair. Uh, you can take it to the beach with you. You can take a good baseball book, put it next to the turlet, and be like, oh, I'm enjoying it when I read it. Just open it up. What would you say to young people? The definitive baseball book, fun baseball book, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We jump into the five. It's the five. Now, I remember being a kid, anytime that they would tell you you had to do that book report or make a speech, it would always be on a on a sports book, 100% of the time. Dude, I was obsessed with Mickey Mantle as a child. 
I got I made my parents give me the Mick by by Mickey Mantle with Herb Gluck, and I just wrote anything that had, need to report. This is what I should do it on. Right. I loved it. Well, here's the thing about when you read one of those books because they're those are actually written for children. You know. Yeah. Um, that you know they're a lie now. You know. <laughs> is this propaganda? <laughs> this is Mickey Mantle propaganda, and I loved it. Bought every line of it. I was the same exact way. I uh, but. Um, a Pete Rose book when I was a kid <laughs> and obsessed over every single thing. And basically, it was a whole book of people telling him that he couldn't do it and then he did it. <laughs> the entire book was that. But we're going over these. Uh, I'm going to throw one out right off the bat. Is um, It's called Catcher in the Rye, which is... Kind of a ridiculous name, Love it. but done by Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre. Now, Bob Euchre, you know him from Major League. I think he even had a TV show, and he used to do the old Miller Lite commercials where, like, must be in the front row, you know. Uh, but he was always one of these after-dinner speakers, and he was a terrible baseball hitter. He only hit about 200, 201 lifetime. <laughs> but he was a catcher, knew the game very well, and was really dry, really funny. I mean, as funny as a comic. He would go on the Carson show and kill. But I remember uh, reading this book and just fucking howling because they're just great baseball stories. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hey, Carl, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, uh, hey, Ron. Um, I'm reading a book right now called uh, Baseball in the Middle of Everywhere by a guy named Lucas Mann. Uh-huh. About a guy who spends uh, a summer with the Clinton Lumber Kings, which is a single-A team out in Clinton, Iowa. And it's really, really interesting. Just you get a little bit of the feel of the local flavor of that area. It's really kind of, you know, a Midwest town that's hit on hard right. times. And then you got the players who are like, you know, they're in single A. they got a long climb up the ladder up to the majors. So they're basically like boarding in people's houses at that level? Oh, yeah. It'll be like four Venezuelan guys like on mattresses on the floor of a tiny apartment or they're living with host families. And, you know, you know, the guys kind of know who's got the big signing bonuses and who's a 23rd round pick and really has no chance. And, you know, but they, they got to work as a team to try to win as many games as they can. in you know, this tiny little town. Uh, what's it called again? It's called uh, Class A, Baseball in the Middle of Everywhere. I'm going to actually look this one up because I don't know this uh, book, but it sounds great. Thanks, Carl. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Talking about baseball books um, that are fun just to have around all summer long. Uh, For me, Chris Stanley, reading Ball 4... I thought was the great uh, Yankee book. Um, this was Jim Bowden who did this. Might have been off the 1969 or 1970 season, and he kind of kept it as a diary. And he was having a rotten year. Uh, I remember he was bringing up how drunk the Mick was. Yeah. Um, the fact that they did speed every day. Um Baseball groupies, which I swear to God, before I read this book, I did not, it never occurred to me that you could get chicks through playing baseball. It's an eye opener. Uh, and it would always be like, 
you know, chicks that didn't have any panties on that would be sitting there um, trying to get the guy's attention. Uh, and I remember thinking, and everybody was mad at him. He was basically blacklisted out of the game. Um, nobody wanted to have anything to do with him. They call him a traitor. Uh, Billy Kuhn, who was the commissioner of baseball, asked him to come back and admit that he had fabricated this story. He was supposed to call a press conference to say, my diary is a lie. Though this happened. And the weird thing was, if you were a kid and you read this, you wanted to be a baseball player more than ever. <laughs> of course, it's fuck. It's a non. It's a party. It's like, or you have your like childhood dreams or whatever. It's rock and roll, is what it is. Yeah, and then you grow up and you read this, like, wait a minute, baseball is just as good now as an adult. There's still there's adult yeah. things also to fucking love. <laughs> right, you're not gonna live like a little kid. <laughs> yeah, feed your little kid dreams at the same time of <laughs> adult fun. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, give us a call or put these up on the iBank under the five. These are the baseball books that kind of turned you uh, on as a kid. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Nate. Nate, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, I remember I was 10 or 11 years old, and my mother, uh, I don't know, she went away for like a business trip or something, and then she bought me this book. She'd go away and she'd buy me books. So she bought me a book called Baseball Confidential, and it was along the same lines as all four. It wasn't nearly up in the same league as Jim mm-hmm. Bouts' book. But it was just, you, I could tell when I read page one that she had not even opened it up to look at what was inside. She just got your book because it said baseball on the cover. Correct. And it was the most foul, obscene book I had ever read. And it was the funniest thing. It was the funniest shit. It was nothing but baseball stories told by everybody in the major league in the nineteen in about the mid nineteen eighties. And it made Major League Baseball look like a giant fraternity house. It was nothing but pranks. There was uh stories about uh catchers and batters and catchers talking shit to each other, uh when they were when batters would go up. And who was the best at it? And it, it, I remember there was one story about Earl Weaver and how he'd go out and just tell he, how we talked to umpires. It, it wouldn't even be about the game. It would get to the point where he was so fucking angry that he just, just. There was always a thing with Weaver. They said that they would not throw him out until he used the word cocksucker. For some reason, <laughs> that's something an umpire just cannot stand. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Here's Louie in New Jersey. How you doing, Louie? Doing good. A million bucks, Ronnie. You too, pal. Uh, best baseball book out there that I've read. It's uh, Joe. You could have made us proud. It's all about Joe Pepitone. Oh yeah. And- yeah, how he he led, he led a wild life out there in the Bronx. Well, Joe Pepitone. Uh, by the way, if you're a kid and you want to read a baseball book, about fifty percent of them are Yankee books. Yeah, I'm just like, is there any other team? Look, did anyone ever write a book about the Gas House Gang? A lot of characters. Uh, no, sorry. But wasn't uh, Pepitone actually, the first, like, he was more of the modern? Was he the first guy to b- bring a hairdryer into the dugout? Or into the clubhouse? Oh, absolutely. He was the, he was the Joe Namath of the Bronx. Yeah. So there, this is this is what you could do to be scandalous back there is have a blow dryer. 
And the sports writers were totally weirded out by this uh, whole thing. Um, There's a Doc Ellis book, and uh, it's great because obviously we all know that Doc Ellis is the first guy that says he threw a no-hitter while on LSD. But if you go back and read the book... He was only playing a couple of years after the civil rights thing. So, and then, you know, in the 70s, people were getting money for playing baseball, you know, decent money. And people were furious to see a black dude with cash. It's hard for us to believe that it's not that long ago. And, you know, people would yell stuff out for him. Now, here's a great baseball book um, that isn't about a player, but an owner and a front office guy. And that's Vec as in Rec. Um, this is a, a Bill Vec is now most of people will know this if you read any of the books. He was the guy who put the midget in the game just to take a walk. So we went out, hired a fucking midget, this tiny little guy. Then the guy crouches down and he gets the automatic walk so much that they had to make a rule about it that you just couldn't bring people in off the street. They'd have to have some kind of background. That's awesome. Um, but he owned, for some reason, he owned the White, uh, White Sox twice. I think he owned the Cleveland Indians. He owned the uh, St. Louis uh, Browns, I guess, even before the Cardinals. I think those are the teams. He's the guy who came up with the idea of putting the names on uniforms. Names did not used to exist on uniforms before he came up with this great idea like, hey, maybe that'll work out. He came up with Ladies Night. Um, he was the guy who came up with the exploding scoreboard. Uh, the reason why, why you know, people will sing, take me out to the ball game at the uh, seventh inning. But he also was the guy behind the disco demolition night, uh, on dollar beer night or whatever it was. Um, really, really interesting stuff. And really well read by guys running minor league franchises because they still have to think of all these, you know, great ways to get people in inside the uh, building. Hey, Dan, Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, it's actually Bambino. How you doing, guys? Hey, what do you say? Yeah, you beat me to the punch with Vec as in Rec, but I got two other good ones for you. The first one is. Um, oh, wow. Uh, Robert Creamer's Babe, The Legend Comes to Life, the mm-hmm. uh, autobiography of Babe Ruth. I could always read a Babe Ruth book when I was a little kid or today. Give me a Babe Ruth book, and I'm in. And uh, now that you put me on the spot, I've forgotten. Well, what well go back to the Vec thing. What was it that you liked about that? Oh, well, I, first of all, I'm a Cleveland fan. I grew up in Cleveland. The fact that he owned the Indians, but the man was just a monster. The exploding scoreboard, the midget up the bat. The fact that he tried to move the Browns out of St. Louis, and the league actually refused to let him move. They actually wanted to bankrupt him because they didn't like his antics. They forced him out of baseball and then let the team move to Baltimore. I mean, they, they just, every, every little innovation he tried to do, the league was just up in arms about it because the corporations were moving in and buying the teams, and he was the last old-school family owner that, you know, operated the teams on his own little budget. So it was just interesting to read all about his struggles and the cool little things that he tried to do, and it was just a lot of fun. All right, thank you, man. Uh, here's uh, Lorenzo. You're on the Run of Fez show. 
Yeah, Ronnie. One of uh, actually my favorite baseball book was uh, The Boys of Summer, uh, all about the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, just a really good book showing uh, how it was great one. to be a fan and all that. It was just great book. Uh, here's uh, Paul. Paul, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Have you ever heard of a book called The Empire Strikes Back? Sure, Ron. What's his last name? Luciano or something? Yeah, Luciano. I read it as a kid, and then I went back and read it just in the last couple of years. It was out of print, so it's hard to find, but it's a great book. And it talks a lot about Earl Weaver as well. Yeah, it was a really... Uh it was a really funny one, and I used to know a bunch of the umpires when I lived down in um, in Florida. And um, it's a weird life. They're really not, they kind of, when they go town to town, they're kind of on their own, what? and they don't get along with any the players, any of the baseball guys, because it all kind of... You know, comes back and forth with them. That's so weird. I never it's thought. It's real strange. I, I thought it was like a fraternity of fucking umpires. Then I knew one umpire he used to come out to uh, G. David Howard's comedy club every night. The other umpires wouldn't even be nice to him. So he basically was on his own. I think he was a scab umpire that had w- worked up, but then later he came out as the first gay umpire. And, uh,. He didn't have a friend in the world. Not a fucking friend in the Just world. Ostracized. He used to sit at the yeah. He used to sit at the bar, uh, you know, at this comedy club almost every night during spring training, because there was no one else to fucking <laughs> hang out with but us. And we'd all be like, uh, "Tell us again when uh, you would see Joe Moore." You know, just fucking being <laughs> stupid as shit. <laughs> but no, didn't have uh, never um, had a friend in the world. Rob in the Hamptons. You're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, Ronnie B., uh, I don't know if you were aware of this, but Vec also made his players wear shorts during part of uh, a season like 30 years ago. Yeah, I do but, remember. Yeah. yeah, there was a the weirdness of, yeah, bring Dan in, uh, of just bringing this up. Now, I will, um, if someone else did that, I have somebody to talk to. Um, here's uh, Rasha in Illinois. How you doing, man? Rasha, you're on the Run of Fest show. Doing great, man. Hey, uh, John Feinstein is my favorite sports author, and he just came out with a new book about the minor leagues. I believe it's called Nobody Knows Your Name, and I've got it ordered. And uh, this guy writes great books. Isn't it weird now that the new books are about minor leaguers instead of major leaguers? Well, this guy followed like the Colonial League, you know, the football teams like Lehigh and and uh, Lafayette. For a, for a season, wrote a great book on them. He followed he followed the pro caddies on the tour around one year. And wrote a great book about them. The John Feinstein, love the guy. All right, thanks, thanks. dude. Dan Soder just dropped in. How you doing, pal? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? We were, uh, you know, we were just sitting here talking about baseball books that you read as a kid. Oh, I was, I was all Matt Christopher growing up. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's my, that's a, that's my age. Matt Christopher was like the only thing I would read as a kid. 
and you just that, read these weird kids' sports books. Yeah, we were just talking about these. They don't exist outside of kids' world, you know, and they're written for you. And you're just, it's the first books that you fall in love with when oh, you're young. I mean, you really care. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be really great if they threw some dark shit, like in kids' books, like yeah. steroids, conflicts. And Never like, shows up. <laughs> they're just all good fellas. Yeah, the womanizing. Yeah. You know, like, touchdown for Tommy. Turns out he's banging half the cheerleading <laughs> squad, and he's got a coke problem. Yeah. Like, that's why this guy's putting up 200 yards a game. Uh, yeah, kids' sports books are, I was, I, when I walked in, I heard you guys talking about sports, uh, baseball umpires, which that has to be the shittiest life. It's awful. I don't know why you would pick that. It's like tax man and umpire. Right. No one's going to like you. Well, no one pays any attention to you until you make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone in the fucking stadium is on your shit. I, I wonder how many death threats. On average, umpires get. Oh, yeah. I think they have to go out of their way not to let anybody know where they're staying and all that kind of shit. They're like celebrities, but of the shittiest kind. Yeah, right. No one wants to fuck them or do drugs with them. They want them to die. Yeah, no one will ever uh, brag I blew an umpire. Um, <laughs> That's my sister. She's got a thing for umpires and drummers. <laughs> it's like her uh, fetish. Here's a uh, great one. And to me, one of my all-time favorite players, uh, it was called... Uh, I Ain't an Athlete Lady by John Cruck. Oh, dude, and he's the best. What happened with Cruck, he, the story was, he was sitting there, I think it was even at a signing, and he was eating a steak, drinking a beer, and smoking a cigarette, yeah. all at the same time, mid-season, and the lady goes, this is terrible for you to be in front of kids like this, you know, you're an athlete, and he goes, I ain't an athlete, I'm a ball player. Yeah. And it's really true. That's like, uh, that That was back in the day. I just love that shit. Like, that really, to me, was like, I romanticized that maybe yeah. because I, I was born in the fleeting era of that. When, yeah. like, athletes, that was their job. It, they weren't millionaires. They were just, right. like, paid pretty well. Yeah, they were paid, paid more than other people. Yeah, but they weren't, like, insane. Right. It wasn't the 90s where everyone got millions. It was like... yeah. Like, I always joke, like, football players back when they had to sell air conditioners in the off-season. Yeah. That's like old, you know what I mean? Like, these guys were animals. Well, you, you know, I mean, you're going back to, like, Pete Rose. Yeah. Did, he was like a car salesman. Uh, some of these guys would be bartenders. I would have to sit there and, you know, take tips while guys were saying, I don't believe that you lost that game yeah, to the Cardinals. Bullshit. That two-run shot you hit against the <laughs> Orioles? I had money on that game. Uh, no, that was a double vodka with orange juice. You never made a cocktail before yeah yeah that's got to be like i think that's what kept them in check well it was and they said back then too that they would be friends with the sports writers because they all made about the same money yeah you know uh but now you know jeter lives in a castle and there's no the sports writer is still making you know thirty five thousand a year. Yeah, he's, he's not in, not going to identify with him. He's in Poughkeepsie, just his wife screaming at him. Just a blogger. Stop writing about the Yankees. <laughs> he's like, it's my love. You're never home. Yeah, I got never home. To follow the Jeter mobile from the Bronx to his estate in Manhattan. Uh, this was also one of the really great ones. 
uh, really about when baseball was really nuts, and that's the Bronx Zoo. Oh, I think you're going to say the Bronx is burning. Uh, no, the Bronx is burning is a I great one, too. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, but the Bronx Zoo was Sparky Lyle wrote it. Now, this is how crazy Steinbrenner was. Sparky Lyle wins the Cy Young, and the next year he's sitting on the bench because they got Goose Gossage. Yeah. Reggie Jackson is on the fucking team. Billy, Billy Martin is getting fired and rehired. <laughs> you're hired, you're fired, you're hired, you're fired. Just crazy days. Yeah. That was awesome. I mm-hmm. I grew up not grow, growing up away from the East Coast and growing up away from the Yankee fandom. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to go and like uh and re like just like kind of discover the history of the Yankees and you're like this guy was fucking nuts. Yeah. Cuz I grew up with the San Francisco Giants and the LA Dodgers, so that was like the rivalry I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to the East Coast and East Coasters love to uh discredit West Coast baseball. Right. They're the first to be like my buddy who's from Boston's like that's not a real rivalry, Giants and Dodgers. I'm like, "Dad, did they move across the country to keep that rivalry going?" <laughs> yeah. They hate each other. If you've been to a Giants Dodgers game, there is well, they no kill each other. They yeah, Brian still got beat half to death. Yeah. But the weird thing is, if you think about that, that used to just be a borough rivals. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you would get on the subway, <laughs> go to the polo grounds, and play ball. Yeah. Three of the big league teams, out of what, 12, were in New York City. Then An you hour had, away from each other. Yeah. Then you had Philly, D.C., and Boston all short trips after that. Yeah, and the, the, I think the longest one was probably Chicago, right? Chicago and St. Louis were the West Coast kind of trips. <laughs> like, look, I gotta take a train yeah. out to Chi-Town. We're gonna be gone for a couple days. It's a crazy road <laughs> yeah. trip. It's not a- and then they would have like their own train. You know, like the babe had a train car that was his. Yeah. That must have been like having a private jet that's in those baller. days. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's even cooler than having a private jet yeah. now. You're running on coal. You're running on real fossil fuels. Yeah. Burning it to the next game. And then he's back there making ribs. He's yeah. just <laughs> cooking ribs in a train car. The second that baseball players stop smoking, I think it lost its true. I like I like the thought of a yeah. guy ripping a Marlboro in between innings. Well, you know, after a while, they got to the point where they would try to step into the dugout and just yeah, <laughs> while there was smoke. Something happened. Who was the uh, Who was the Pirates pitcher that threw the perfect game? Or uh, he threw that's a, uh, Doc um, on acid. Yeah, that's Doc Ellis. That's right. What it is. And he cl- now some people said it wasn't, but we talked to him once on the phone after this when I was doing, and he said to us, and you'd have to trip to know this, to, <laughs> yeah. but he said that the hardest thing for him was getting the ball back from the catcher <laughs> because sometimes it looked like a balloon and sometimes it looked like he was throwing a pee, yeah. and we just <laughs> fell on the fucking ground. <laughs> I can't imagine tripping your balls off standing at the pitching mound like, oh boy, oh boy. You're not even afraid of the pitch you threw well, He didn't know that he was going to play that day. Somebody got scratched and he thought to himself, I'm going to be out in the bullpen on a nice day. Why not just drop acid? What else going on? <laughs> and then he heard his name come up. That's got to be the scariest. You're just tripping. It's starting to set in. Well, everyone talks about it like, oh, he pitched a no-hitter. Can you imagine? Do you think... He didn't pitch a perfect game. He threw yeah. like 12 walks in that game. Like, <laughs> and the weirdest thing is, there's no. It wasn't on TV. Yeah. It wasn't on TV, so we can't go back and watch. Yeah, beat writers just describe it. 
Um, but that would be the only times that I would go, like, I'd watch that game over and over and try to pick it apart if I could. Easily. And you know what you think about it? Him throwing, it was probably, when they don't talk to the pitcher, it was probably better for him because he was probably out of his head already that yeah. he wasn't concerned about giving up a hit. I would definitely ask that at least on the PA they play some music. Yeah. I gotta have something. <laughs> I mean, you know what shit. I mean? I gotta. Does anyone have any Yes albums? Yeah. Just something to settle me in. Not too aggressive. I went to the Pirates game, and I don't know if this is a new thing, but they're just playing Jefferson Airplane <laughs> the entire game. And I think it just the pitchers were really responded well to it. Yeah. I uh, I did the Dream Week stuff where you go down and play with old players, oh. and they are seriously some of the funniest fucking people I ever met in my life. One of my favorite YouTube clips is uh, George Brett talking about shitting himself. Yeah. Shit myself last night. <laughs> it's the way he says it. I'm like, God damn it, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, actually, Johnny Collison told me a story about when Rusty Stobb shit himself <laughs> with the fucking Mets, and he said he was running, he catches <laughs> the ball, and as he does it, he shits himself and just keeps running straight into the dugout. <laughs> Doesn't, <laughs> Doesn't break stride. <laughs> yeah. And there's the catch, and he's going all the way to the now, I'm hearing this from a guy that, at the time, must have been pretty well into his 60s, and he can barely stop crying. <laughs> he's laying on the ground, he's laughing, He's, and I'm like, you just never grow up if you get to hang around the game. You no. know, You stay a little kid. It's just, I was always so bad at baseball when it got real. Mm -hmm. like I got beaned by a pitch in my ribs when I was like nine, when kids started throwing. Yeah. When you graduate to kids throwing, and this one kid could throw heat. Because right. he was long and awkward, and he put one right in my ribcage, screwed baseball up for me, playing baseball for the rest of you my life. You were done, just like, oh, you can get hurt oh, playing man, this. man, I got jacked in the ribs, and I was like, yeah. fuck. That, I made that, that first try to breathe, that, <gasps> and I was like, I'm done. That was it. That was baseball leaving my body. When uh, I remember like the first time we were playing Little League, uh, kid on my team, and a fucking ball comes in. He was throwing it pretty good. And the kid steps out, and he yells at the pitcher, Slow it down! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you in the neighborhood. Yeah. And all the parents were laughing, and we are like, Yeah, you ought to slow it down, dude. That's fucking coming in pretty quick. I'll never be able to hit that. There was this kid in our little league named Tremaine Rice, and he was one of those kids where he was like 6'2 when he was 11. Yeah. And he threw fucking heat, because the mound's closer. Right. And he's a full size. And he had no control. And I asked my coach if I didn't have to bat. I was like, can I not bat? And he was right. like, what are you talking about? And then you just hear one of those balls hit the cage, and you're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This guy's going to yeah. take my fucking head off. I don't want to be in there. That's yeah. when you know baseball wasn't in your future. Yeah. I would much rather, when I started playing football, I enjoyed it way more, which is way more violent of a sport. But I was like, hey, at least I'm not going to get hit by a tiny, hard ball in the ribs. Did you, uh, did you see any of the Friday Night Tykes uh, show where the eight and nine-year-olds play? No. No, oh, and everyone's yeah. told me to see it. Is it on demand? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, regular uh, time Warner uh, on demand should be. It's yeah. Esquire TV I will rip channel. through that. Yeah. I will watch that. I will probably watch it all night tonight after my sets because I'm fascinated with two things. Yeah. Little League football I find hilarious. And number two, aggressive parents that push shit on their kids. Right. I find it to be the most interesting where you're like, what are you living out through your children? Yeah. In a sick, fucked up way. 
the weirdest thing about this, this is eight and nine-year-olds, yeah. and these kids would have fucked up the kids that I played with. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're running tre- so many fucking plays. They treat our big like play no was, Our big play was off-tackle. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't remember off-tackle? Yeah. If you got fancy, they, they taught you what gaps were. Yeah. Where they're like 24 yeah. off-tackle, and you're like, well, that's the right side. Yeah. I'll just go to that side. You know, I read an article in Rolling Stone about all the head injuries that are starting to come out with football, and yeah. they're saying these eight and nine-year-olds are hitting each other with the same velocity that college D1 athletes are hitting each other. They're and saying that the, the, the impact of these two kids hitting, you might as well be two D1 athletes just smashing into each other. Well, I also remember at that age that they had done a, a piss-poor job of fitting our helmets. So you would oh, really yeah. rattle around inside that fucking helmet. And your face mask was about four feet away from yeah. your face. And you get little fists. In. <laughs> like, you learned about a fumble real quick when I could just have hands come in my face. But the, but the funny thing is the coaches... They in their heads when they're on the show, you see that they're locked in as if they were coaching older kids. It's sad. They they could not be more serious about this. Yeah, it, that, I mean, in that sense, you're like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, these are children. There's something mentally wrong with you. I don't really. You're gonna bust their ass about running a soft cover too. Yeah. They're nine. <laughs> They don't even know what their penises do yet. Yes, their penises haven't been used for anything fun. They haven't even turned on, like, the, the factory, that part of the factory hasn't even been opened yet. <laughs> right. And you're like, God damn it, if we run a heavy wolf blitz on the left side, I need you collapsing, even if it's a crack block. And you're like, I think Santa's a real guy. Yeah. <laughs> they just fucking, I'm, I'm so excited for the show now. It uh, well last night they did the bringing everybody back and how did you deal with the firestorm? Because I'm going to give you a spoiler alert here. Yeah. Two of the coaches are suspended from the league. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, even at the beginning of the season, guys are coming off suspensions, like entire teams for cheating. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I am really. You guys are really doing a well, good job going of building the show up because for this is Texas, it's San Antonio, so they're going out of their way to, you know, making sure some of the kids are in their district that may or may not belong there. And this one kid, and down there they we played like weight leagues, sixty-five, yeah. seventy-five. Do, do you have they, the patches? Yeah, they play age down there, uh. so you could be nine. And there's an offensive lineman that's got to be 125, 130 pounds at nine. That's cr- that's a three hundred pounder if, yeah. if you're an adult. And his father said that he had the kid in the mall when he was three, and people were coming over, going, "Listen, you're going to want to play ball with him in a couple of years. Here's my card. Get in touch with us. We can make things happen. Daddy's- that fat boy is going to go places." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I notice your kid's a lump of shit. Uh, how do you feel about him playing guard for my little terrors team? It's the toddlers and tiaras for boys. It is exactly that. That's it's what it is. One hundred percent that where the parents want something that is the the odds. It's almost like saying, "I want my kid to hit the lottery." What do I got to do? Or it's 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 even more saying like, "I'm willing to sacrifice my child's mental and physical health so that I can have a little bit of fame that I never got." Well, I think the worst thing about aging is going, I could have done things differently. So now I'm going to take this little me and make it happen. It's, you see that, you see that with, uh, sp- children, uh, whose parents put them in sports, and you see that with women who realize they're losing their looks too late. Like right. when they're in the, like the early forties and they're still bitches, and you're like, "Hey, you can't be. You're not hot anymore." Right? Stop, like, yeah. Stop trying to fuck your daughter's boyfriend. It's just uh, <laughs> it's not where you need to be. Um, 
Dan Soder sitting in with us. Last time I saw you was that Voss and yeah, the Bonnie live show. You came in and crushed it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was the live. My wife hates me, uh, and it yeah. was that was awesome, dude. You being the uh, the relationship therapist was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was a lot of fun down there. Bonnie and Rich make me laugh so hard. Well, they're really good. You don't want to say this to them. They're so good together. You're jealous of their love. Yeah, that you're going like, do you guys think you should even be out working separately? Because you want to just keep working on this thing. You know what's really weird? You think about that. In this day and age in comedy, there's not a uh, husband-wife duo. And you look at those two and you go, you would do it and no one would think it would be hacky. Everyone right. would be on board with it if you were on stage at the same time. Because they play off each other so fucking well. They don't even need material. No. They have enough pent-up things that they're frustrated about. But you look at the Stillers. You look at... like. Like all right. these great comedic teams back in the day, husband and wife teams, and they don't that doesn't exist anymore, and it should exist with Rich and Burns Bob. and Allen were so gigantic, and the great thing about them was he wrote both sides. Yeah. She was just basically an actress, Whoa. and he used to sit there as people would come over after the show, like agents, going, you're the funny one, let's yeah. get you away from your husband. Yeah. <laughs> See, and, and uh, in that case, I hope it'd be Bonnie writing. <laughs> but yeah, that was, a, uh, that was a real fun night, and uh, that was hilarious, man, watching you guys. I actually know some, uh, a friend of mine has been asking about you. No. I don't know whether she's in South America now. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, then maybe she's just got a thing for you from afar. Oh, I appreciate it. Mm. I, I like having, I like knowing that people in South America. Isn't that interest. something? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. My no. girlfriend will love to know that. Too. Yeah. Let's keep this between us, all yeah. right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to Brazil for a show. <laughs> that's exactly where she is. Well, yeah, I'm going to be exactly in the place. I'm doing a, yeah, I'm doing a one nighter for the World Cup. <laughs> when is the World Cup? That's this year. 70 days. Oh, shit. You're Away. a fan. You know, well, coming in, not into this show, but is going to do something in the town hall, Pele is going to be there. That's pretty nice. I saw it. Yeah, there's yeah. posters up in the lobby. Yeah. Sam Jackson was here earlier. What? Yeah, you missed him this morning. Oh, man, I love Sam Jackson. Uh, never got into soccer. World Cup I get into? Yeah. I like country against country no matter what the sport is. It's amazing. You know yeah. that's what boxing's turning into. Right. And we got Floyd Mayweather. We got the best one. My roommate explained that because I love boxing and it's hard to root for Floyd Mayweather sometimes. But he's like, he's an American. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like that. You got to leave it right there. He's an American. The thing with him, I just wish he would fight more. Like you forget. He's so good. Like a year, 15 months go by and you go like this. Oh yeah, there's boxing. I forgot all about it. <laughs> there's yeah. the one guy. I forgot boxing's about it. Boxing's just that one guy. It's almost like it is. This, this this is the way boxing is. Imagine the Super Bowl if that was the only game of the year. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh yeah. it's just the Super Bowl again. I hope it's a good game. Now it's a blowout again because this team always wins. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll wait till next year. But I will I tell you, I have never been to any sporting event anywhere that compares to a heavyweight championship fight. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm, I, I saw... Tyson. Ah, uh, I mean, come on, you win. The, uh, there's no one's going to. I'm going to even beat it. The night he bit off the ear. I you was, saw Holyfield Tyson? Yeah, too? I was there. Yeah. And. June 24th, 1996. As, as that was starting off. The excitement level was so gigantic that I was surprised people weren't just throwing up. It just felt like it. And it was hard for people to not hit each other. If there was like an airplane movie about boxing, that yeah. probably would happen. Was, people puking in buckets. It was almost at that point where you were just like, I 
can't stand this. Then <laughs> seconds away, I mean, I just wanted to run out of there. And this, and this, when they stopped it earlier, people in the audience just started punching each other and That's going crazy. crazy. And you're, and we went into um, back into the casino. And people were just turning over tables and fucking shooting pops off, and everybody in the city went fucking nuts. Yeah, because it I mean, was that insane. Was, that was the under, that was like uh, it was like collectively everyone got a hooker and didn't come. Right, is exactly <laughs> what happened. Like, That's the everyone, perfect thing. Like everyone got kicked yeah. out of their hotel room right before they came, and so, they're like, "I'm gonna flip shit." <laughs> yeah, fuck so, all this. <laughs> so you went from you almost came to I'm gonna kill this fucking hooker. That's exactly <laughs> I'm what choke happened. This bitch in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's um I get that excited every year I go to FDNY versus NYPD boxing and it's awesome because they they secretly hate each other. They they, they say it's a good spirit and all but yeah. best part is uh the the theater at the garden is split in two and the shit talking between the two sides dude, first off there was a little bit of a hustle because the NYPD was using correctional officers okay, on their team that sucks and it's like this little little Italian guy from the Bronx who's like he's in ladder 123 <laughs> give it up for the bulldog and he's like yeah and they're like and from Rikers Island give it up for Jerome Stevens and it's like this seven foot black dude who's like I think that guy's in there for murder and they just beat the shit out of the firefighter and you're like that's not even a real fight and then the NYPD starts talking shit. It was great. Ah, oh, I loved it. I'm going. I go every year. Now, how many did they go through every weight class? They they, you don't even know if it's a weight class. Right. You just know, like you're just like, uh, and then you're sitting like I sat on the FDNY side, and so you just know. You hear groups of families and friends. They're like, Dino's next. Dino's going to fight next. You're like, all right, I'm on Dino's side. And then Dino gets knocked out. And you're like, sorry about Dino getting dropped by that giant. It, it was, it was, it's so fun because you just, it, there's like 14 fights. So they do like, it's all night. Right. And you see people get real riled up by the end when the booze has been flowing. Yeah. Chris, who, who said, without even knowing, cops are firemen? Oh, firemen. I'm not going to be on the cop side. See, that's the problem. See, I don't want this to be an anti cop thing. <laughs> no, it's not an anti cop thing. Truth be told, cops throw haymakers. Sure. Like, <laughs> sure. like the firefighters would get in there and throw one, two, ones and bob and weave. And then you get the NYPD and they're just throwing the kitchen sink, <laughs> <laughs> just throwing these blows and then connecting. You're like, Jesus. Well, they all come in, like, no matter what you're doing. When you're a cop, you come in as a bouncer. You know what I mean? you're like, I'm a big guy. What could I do? Maybe I'll be a cop. A pension. Yeah. yeah, right. I'll take weed off 17 year old Puerto Rican kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, eh, just knock them around a little bit. Yeah. It's uh, if you live in the New York City area, go to the FDNY NYPD boxing matches every year. Dan Soder's here with us in studio. Comedy on State, Madison, Wisconsin. He'll be performing nice. there this Thursday through Saturday. Then going to the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. It's Moon Tower, y'all. Moon Tower barbecue, bud and jokes. That's April 23rd through the 26th in Austin, Texas. That's going to be a big uh, big time all the way around. That thing's getting really huge, too, the Moon Tower. Every comedian I've talked to, I haven't done it yet, every comedian I've talked to says it's their favorite festival. Yeah. They say it's really a comics festival. No well, industry, no nothing, no frills, just good shows. Not only that, but it's a great thing for fans because, it, first of all, you could go there uh, and you're in Austin and that's party and it's fun and there's great barbecue and all that. But you can buy a pass so you get into Any more show. than one show. Yeah. yeah. So it's really like, you know, that, that old school Comic Con where you can see everybody at the same time. You can go, and plus it's you know it's five days, so mm -hmm. it's it's not like one of these things where it's just two days, and you're like, well, 
I can't see this person set because I'm going to go see this person right. set. You're like, oh, I'll go catch this person on Saturday because I'm going to see this person on Wednesday. So, yeah, it's I'm I'm really looking forward to going, and I'm really looking forward to being at Comedy on State in Madison because I've heard phenomenal things about that from everybody. Well, Madison's one of the f- uh, real fun. I'm worried about the Final Four, though. Are you really? Yeah, they're in the Final Four. And you're gonna you take that as a negative because they're going to win it all. Their coach. From Chester, PA. Oh, there you go. I went to Arizona, so I was a little bummed out they beat us in the Elite Eight. But I'm afraid that, you know, people aren't going to go to the show. But it's only one night is the game. So it's well, really... you just fucking put the game on and just sit there and talk about yeah, it when it's on. Do a little Mystery Science Theater yeah, 3000. I think it would be fucking great. <laughs> uh, let's see if they go for it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were worried that if they lost, they'd riot throughout oh, Madison. No, I'll like riot. Like Arizona fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if you live in Tucson, you should be rioting every week. They they took the, the video down of the girl who got punched in the face. In Tucson? She yeah. got dropped. Uh, where she got was dropped this? and she was doing nothing. It was right after the game, I guess, on the campus. Yeah. And uh, You know, I know I'm an alumni. But I can talk shit about that school. Right. And there, uh, there is a percentage of the student population that sucks, and there's a reason I'm a comedian and I worked in radio, mm-hmm. and it was because of that population of the student body. What, what is so awful about them in, in Arizona? It's um, it's they're they're future young finance guys. Mm. That's what you're dealing with. A lot of coke, a lot of sandals, a lot of vodka. That's not who I am. I'm jeans, sneakers, and weed. And it was mm. really hard for me to get along with people that are like, "What's up, bro?" Right. What's up, bro? You want to go to the bar and spend my dad's money? Mm. Like, dude, my dad died of cirrhosis. I don't have any of his money to spend. <laughs> Why would you bring my dad? Yeah, Why you got to bring dads up, dude? <laughs> See, I always think that you brought up, I think you couldn't look more like an alcoholic than if you have a cocktail and you're wearing flip-flops. Oh, I think that's, <laughs> that's the premier thing. I used, to, I, I used to do a joke about my dad dying of alcoholism, and I said in the joke, I was like, I, when I tell people my dad died of alcoholism, they're always like, oh my God, did he spend your food money on on uh, on hooch? I'm like, no, he's a Jimmy Buffett fan. It was yeah, awesome. Right. He wore corduroy shorts and sandals and just drank a lot of rum. See, even before when I drank, that thing like if you came in and your your table isn't ready and you have to stand at the bar, I think if you carry your drink from the bar to your <laughs> yeah. table, you, I'd rather sit there and slam it than I would carry it across the room like I, I, I'm deadly more. You know what I mean? It's Arthur. You just look like a, a, like you can't be without a cocktail. I can't let this leave my head. Like you're doing a Dean Martin. You're like, hey, how you doing? Walking by grilling tables. Yeah, I um, my buddy had a good point. This is where I realized I had a drinking problem was when my buddy were drinking beers and he goes, you want to know the difference between me and you? I can walk away from that beer. And I go, if you walked away from that beer, I would drink it. And he was like, yeah, you should probably yeah. quit drinking. That is a big difference. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I just want it all. Like I couldn't leave a place without finishing a drink. Or get to sleep knowing that you still had alcohol in the house. Oh. I laugh at people who have a bar in their house yeah. and they're not thinking about it. Yeah, you drink every night. You would never have a bar. Well, yeah, I have a cocktail at the end of the night. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Treat myself. You know, it's a long day. Why would you go to sleep if he's had all this whiskey? <laughs> yeah, you got all that partying to do. Yeah. I came home from the airport one time after a gig when I was still drinking and I had a couple beers in the airport bar. Actually, I was flying from Chicago back here and I, my flight got delayed in Chicago so I kind of got lit up at the airport and then I flew home quick flight come home immediately pour a shot of chilled vodka from our freezer right when I got in because I knew we had it my roommate was like oh my god just started banging back shots of cold vodka I was like I'm gonna go out and have some more he's like yeah of course you are you're a fucking animal I think I think you're uh, you brought up a point though that's interesting that you can have drinks 
in the bar before the plane takes off, but you can't get off your plane and walk into a bar. That looks like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I've done that a a couple of times, and that's the one where you're like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I walked off a flight and did a shot at Jägermeister one time. Everyone else is getting their luggage, kissing loved ones. Hugging a grandma. And you're like, hey, what do you guys got on tap? All right, I'll do that as a back. They'll hold my bag down there, won't they? It's only been four hours. I figure I got uh, four little twirls on the little cycle before I can come back. The other thing, too, is like... When you're in a one of those corporate bars like that, to all act like you're watching the game and, and bonding <laughs> over that, and not the alcohol. Yeah, there's a place in the DIA in Denver's International Airport where you could smoke cigarettes in the bar, and you would have thought I was a lifelong Steeler fan. Sure, no I was drinking and smoking, watching the Steelers Ravens game. I'm like, can you believe Roethlisberger? And like, who are you a fan of? Niners. Like, I'm gonna miss my flight too. I'm just getting fucking hammered. <laughs> Uh, he was with the home team. Yay! You know how many people I met it, that I bonded with in airport bars mm. that if they walked up to me today, I'd be like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but well, you hugged them when you went away. Oh, I remember this <laughs> tile salesman from Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a layover in St. Louis, and we were so drunk. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look out for you. I'm going to follow your career. And I was like, you know what? I respect the work you do. I think shingling's a tough thing to do. He's like, yeah, well, my wife doesn't think so. And I'm like, you tell Judy she's being a little bit of a bitch. Yeah, I was, God, Now, if he drinking. came in and sat next to you, no idea. Wouldn't fucking know him from a can of paint. <laughs> All right, we got an Arizona call for you. Here's Cooch. Cooch, how you doing, dude? I'm great, buddy. How you doing? Good. Yeah, um, there's two centralized locations in Arizona where you can find the douchebags. There's dirt bags and there's frog. Yeah. When those two things spill out into the street, it's terrible. But when they stay where they should be, it's fine. But yeah, yeah I totally agree, man. You know what sucks, though, man? Frog and Firkin is so much fun to drink out on that patio. Like that, like to have beers and have that uh, barbecue chicken pizza. It's a place right on university. It's awesome. Yeah, but Chovy's is right next door and twice as better. Yeah, you know what? You got me there. I almost got into, uh, I got robbed when I was in college because my roommate was a drug dealer. And uh, the kid that set us up, I ran into him at this bar that this guy's talking about called Dirt Bags. Uh-huh. And I walked up to him and I was like, hey, you set us up to get robbed. And this kid was a real piece of shit. One of the kind of kids I'm exploiting, like, you know, yeah. real daddy's money. And he's like, oh, do you want to go outside? And I'm like, all right, yeah, finally. We'll get this thing settled. And I walk outside right in front of dirt bags, and he looks at the bouncer. He goes, this guy has a knife, and he's going to stab me. And the bouncer has fucking jumped on me. And I was like, you pussy. You you thre- you asked me to go outside to fight you, and then you told bouncers I had a knife. But that guy's going to go far in life. I can see it. He's going to do he's, well in the corporate I, world. I think he's probably running Merrill Lynch at this point. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. That guy's Cooch is right. There's, there are two centralized locations. And, We're all either from Orange County or Chicago. Well, Long Island. A lot of Long Island trash out there. Well, they end up everywhere. <laughs> they end up everywhere. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a the school at Arizona way different than I thought it was going to be. Chris, who are you yelling at there? So you yelling over there? Oh no, there's uh, someone in uh, uh, Mike Lawrence is here. Hey, Mike Lawrence. Yeah, he just got here and he's just in reception. I like Mike Lawrence. When we break and bring, come back with him. Yep. You want to hang out then? Yeah, I'd love to. I love right. Mike Lawrence. Uh, Dan Soder and Mike Lawrence. Uh, up next, it's the Ron and Fez Show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Serious XM. Comedy. Hits. Channel 99. <laughs>
so we got the... And we're trying to figure out why we now have lyrics on our rejoinder music. Any reason, Chubbs? You got to talk into the mic, son. Uh, no specific reason. Hmm. All right. All right, it's the Ron Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I run a loose uh, ship, but I'm, then I'm pissed about it. That's the beauty of being. You're like the greatest foreman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Why'd you do with those bolts? No? All right, yeah, I get it. No, that went up. Door went up. You fire no, someone for not showing their ass crack. <laughs> Fez Watley. Mike Lawrence is in studio with us. Him, along with Dan Soder, are here, too. Are both Him? appearing at the Moon Tower Comedy <laughs> Festival, April 23rd through the 26th in Austin, Texas. Moon Tower, y'all. Mm-hmm. Party at the Moon Tower. Oh, yeah. Lawrence and I are going to be hanging in Texas. Now, um... We'll be at the Hotel TGI Fridays. Yeah. How do you... And how I'll do bring you, my Xbox. We'll be playing WWE 2K14. How do you figure out who's doing which gig when you get down there and there's just gigs all over town? I think they give you a schedule. Huh? Yeah. yeah. We're zoo animals. But somebody else makes Someone asked that question once yeah. and then got paid to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. they, they just give you a schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already out. Yeah. yeah. It's already done. Just go where you're told. That's all we do. Yeah. yeah. Be a good little soldier. Yeah, it really is like joining the military. Go get your shots. Bring you up later. Yeah, it's a way more fun military. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of. Uh, this is my wife, Mary Francis. <laughs> She's the reason I tell these j- dick jokes. <laughs> that's what's worth fighting for. First thing I'm going to do when I get. It's always the shot comes right yeah. after that. He got heckled, couldn't yeah. rebound. See, I got a little girl back there in the Bronx. Yeah. She's waiting for me now. Yeah. He died so my floppy <laughs> pussy jokes could live. You know what it's like being stuck two clicks southeast? East to Kansas City, hecklers coming at you from every goddamn way. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's platoon, yeah. basically. It's just an old man in the back, and he's like, did someone say bachelorette party? <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> Listen to Credence. <laughs> I see a fake tiara spin into a dark, deep place. <laughs> I was walking. Uh, I did a, a gig, actually, in Kansas City, and there was a bachelorette party. And at, after the end of the show, we were walking to the MC's car in this empty mall parking lot. And all of a sudden, like a zombie attack, you just saw pink shirts start coming out of the mall. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, no, let's, I hope they don't see us. And then you just hear from across the parking lot, that's the comedian. <laughs> and you're like, no. Someone, someone decided to feed them after midnight. <laughs> there was originally two bachelorettes and then yeah. just reproduced. They're like gremlins. You just see a bunch of penis helmets marching the, towards the, you. The, <laughs> first, yeah, the first one was just a girl named Jismo. Yeah. And then they threw water on her and they multiply. Yeah, and they're always the same uh, blonde hair job. Oh, God. The best is when there's an amazing bachelorette party because you know that that like as the comic book fan, I just love anything that's rare. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is a special edition bachelorette audience. I better keep this one. Uh, who did this? This Frank Miller? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm going over your schedules now. Dan, you're going to be doing Double Barrel. Oh, boy. Rogues Gallery. 
uh, and comedy jackpots. Hey, that comedy sounds. Jack... No, you weren't aware of any of these things. No, but it sounds like an <laughs> evening of very. Uh, I don't know. Fun Isn't times? it funny how after like the third name, you realize the exact life you're living? <laughs> <laughs> what have I become? <laughs> how is your career going? I did double barrel. <laughs> now, Mike, you're going to yeah, be. These doing... all sound like places Johnny Cash slapped a whore. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. A lot of things happen at the Rogues Gallery. <laughs> Mike is doing the four-eyed group of comedians with glasses. Comedians hey. with glasses. And that's hosted with Bobby Slayton, who I don't think wears glasses. Well, you know I these fucking seen. nerds that take it over. <laughs> I understand. People are comedy. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for a package coming in from Mitchell Walters right now. <laughs> really, on a lot of fucking I'm, strain. Why were you in 88? I'll tell you why I was in 88. I have a great Bobby Slayton story. Uh, I, um, I did the nasty shows with him in Montreal a couple years ago. And he was hosting. And there was a large black man and an even larger white woman. Just imagine any Mori audience. And... He makes fun of the black guy for 10 minutes, like the most racist, like everything Danny Aiello said in that pizza shop. And do the right thing. <laughs> Just the worst. And he never said anything about her. And he gets off stage, and I was like, Bobby, I noticed that you made fun of him the whole time, but he never made fun of her. And he just looks at me and goes, What do you think I am? A fucking monster? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Like, no, no, I do. They were trying to get a hold of you, too, about that other thing. Sorry. <laughs> Hasn't worked out. So You'll I always don't... be black. It's her fault she's fat. Like, that's what it is. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. He, um, well, he's hosting the Night of Comedians with Glasses. Yep. Which I never thought was a subgenre of comedy. I didn't know it was either. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that a, a bad eyesight led you to a certain type of comedy. Now I'm wondering who's the most famous comedian with glasses? Woody Allen. God damn it, that was easy for you. We could have spent just hours just kicking just, it back and forth. I just, just swatted it. it. <laughs> I was going to Drew Carey. Uh, I am and not he just good. Says, who, who is innocent but people think are guilty? And then he says OJ. the same answer. Yikes. <laughs> 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 no, I, I immediately go, OJ. I'm like, OJ, he did nothing. <laughs> this keeps my black friends around. Do you, do, you think, do you think Nicole Goldman's family watches those naked gun movies and smiles every time he gets hurt? <laughs> <laughs> they, they only watch those scenes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only justice they get is him being pushed down the highway. <laughs> I imagine if I'm a, if I'm a member of the Goldman family, I'm the most offended by the Kardashian success yeah. because right. that's the guy that got him off for murder, and now their kids are haunting here. Your kids are gone, and their kids are just everywhere you turn yeah. on the TV. But both the father and daughter got famous for getting people off. So <laughs> that's true. Like like daughter. Humana, 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 humana. <laughs> Kim is now hiding her money in her ass. That's her little. I found. If you break yeah. into the place, go there first. That's her. Yeah, that's a, it's a missile bunker. That's where she, she's going to hide people in there if the fucking nuke drops. No, you guys are getting together for WrestleMania. Oh yeah, yeah. WrestleMania yeah. thirty, the showcase of the immortals for guys who die in their thirties. Right. <laughs> are you worried that the cops will kick in the door and say you're full grown men watching this? You I'm know, a, this is. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid the cops are going to get in and go. There's too much pussy in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, it's not just the two of you. There's yeah. a, a full party going it's a group of like uh, what a 10 dudes yeah you could just like you could just google up any headshot of me and it looks like my ringtone is an amber alert so i realized (laughs) i saw i saw the lego movie by myself because i knows who i am and 
<laughs> I mean, I fucking love wrestling. It's it's yeah. the best. You know, every because I can't really listen to comedy podcasts that much. I think I'm in too deep. But I listen to wrestling podcasts all the time because it's kind of the same but different enough. Here's the yeah. thing I love about wrestling. We live in this age where it's like everything is criticized for every small part. So you put out like a movie and everyone's like, I didn't like it because of this, this, and this. Wrestling's the only thing we're like, it's ridiculous and we can just argue about it. Because it's just ridiculous. Like the Daniel Bryan thing, you can just sit there and go, no, I should get a title match. And then yeah. everyone's like, fuck you. And you're like, ah, let's just keep arguing because it's fun. But like you argue about like a book or something and you're like, well, you're just trying to argue about it. You know? I well, feel like everyone it's... likes to play Booker and think that you could run that company so much better yeah. than Vince McMahon. It's almost oh, like yeah. a fantasy league. But see, I think that worked better when you had the two leagues. When you yeah. Now, now yeah. there's no, yeah. there's no defining it. You either do it Vince's way, or that's it. Go fight in a bar. My question is, what do you think it would be like today had Vince not broken up the territories? Would it would it already have been broken? No, it up? would have had to have become global and connected because everything else did. Yeah, you know? just of, yeah, the internet and cable TV. Yeah. I mean, if you look at he it, just the saw same, it before anyone yeah, else. The same time he was doing that, Holiday Inns, the McDonald's mm-hmm. were doing it. You know, I mean, it was just a business plan, franchising. Yeah, and, more than it was a love of the sport. I mean, how know? brilliant was like if you watch that eighty stuff, you realize every single guy there, from Hulk Hogan to SD Jones was a headliner somewhere. Yeah. They were all headliners. Yeah. The guy in the first match and the guy in the last match had all been the head but, of a territory. But here's the weird thing. Vince used to bring them in and act like they had no past whatsoever. Oh, oh, so I love that. was the Flair brilliant would come way to in do it. And they call him the champion or something. They black yeah. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They black oh, out he's the talking belt. about f- fucking Elizabeth. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I got these pictures of her right in Space Mountain. Those Photoshop pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Which, Flair to me is the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> And a very merry young birthday to you. Yeah. I uh, I didn't know what Photoshop was, so I just assumed those pictures were real. <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, "Hey, those are doctored," and I'm like, "What does that mean?" Like, what, what, did, what did Randy Savage say about those pictures? He was like, "Yeah, I could do a lot better job now. Yeah, I got the Photoshop on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> doing my new character, Big J, and I can't stop doing it. And I did it a little on the Not Sam After Show, but it's Macho Man getting subtly racist okay. about people moving." And he's like, yeah, first, you know, yeah, first they hike up the rent, yeah, and you start looking around, and you notice, yeah, a lot more people in the streets, a lot of undesirables, yeah, next thing you know, crime's at an all-time high, they need to stay in their own neighborhoods, yeah. What they will do is bury the property values, Williamsburg shall rest in peace. I watched that Kane video that St. Germain set out about four times yesterday. Fat, fat Republican Paul Bearer was the, oh, it was the best. Because he was originally just like like a, a mortician, yeah. Yeah. and then and then he just becomes a fat Republican like in the late 80s. <laughs> We've got to do something about this Medicare. <laughs> Who was he first, Fez? What was his name? Percy Pringle the Third. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what he was down in Florida. In Florida, and then out with the Von Erichs in Texas. You guys are Florida guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Where at? South Florida, uh, Fort Lauderdale. Well, Lauderdale. Uh, well, you're missing the, the. There's a comedy festival down there right now. South Beach. Yeah, Gurian just called us with Obama. Fucking, I don't know, as thirty minutes ago, but. Uh, 
You got out of there just to do comedy? Yeah, I, I grew up there. I worked at a McDonald's for seven and a half years. Uh, I lived in a trailer park. Uh, my mom was a stand-up comic. And uh, I lived yeah there until I was 23 and God, I moved here. Damn, you're a Tom Waits song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will I see you tonight <laughs> at the Mickey D's? Shutting down the French fryer. <laughs> Letting mom know she got a new joke. Yeah. Um, um, no, I, I literally like at this point when I talk about my life, I just do it in the rapid fire origin story. <laughs> Bit by radioactive spider, dead uncle. <laughs> Power responsibility, redhead supermodel. I fuck sometimes. Um, yeah, and uh, and then I moved here. I met Dan the first week I was in New York. Yeah, we. we and it was my first week in New York too. We, the we New York Comedy uh, Club open mic at 5 p.m. on Mondays. The place where dreams die or miscarry. Yeah. Now, this was the first gay experience for both of you guys? Yeah, or, yeah. that was the first time we've ever just, tugged another man off. Just being in the big city together. We just, we just hugged each other. We just hugged each other and, and told each other our favorite fat wrestler. I was like, Kamala. And he was, was like, like, Yokozuna. I was like, one man gang. Good choice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I he was the one man gang bang. Uh, and I'm going to go... Uh, Tugboat. Tugboat? You're going to go. By the way. The Shockmaster. I got yeah, shock And Typhoon. Yeah. And yeah. I watched, I found my favorite wrestling promo of all time. 91 SummerSlam, Legion of Doom, Hawks promo is my favorite thing ever. I don't think I can find a promo that gets me as excited as Hawks from SummerSlam 91. What did he do? He, it was, uh, the match was Bushwhackers versus Natural Disasters with Andre in their corner. And Andre was in a real bad way. He had the hand crutches. <laughs> and he kept having to act like he'd be like, The Bushwhackers, they're going to come for you. I'm going to love you. And then they did a thing. Where uh, Typhoon and Earthquake demolish the Bushwhackers and then start walking around the ring towards Andre, and then LOD comes out and stops him. So later in the pay-per-view, they're trying to cut a promo about the Nasty Boys, but they just talk about the natural disasters, and Hawk does his Minnesota... You forget Hawk's from yeah. Minnesota, <laughs> but he does the... Uh, animal does the toom Hawk, he goes, well... It seems to me that it seems to me that the natural disasters just bit off a little more than they can chew. And then he just goes through this cocaine fuel rant. Rumble 92, there's a great one where, where Hawk's talking about the natural disasters. And then, like, we seem like we got two fellas that want to throw their weight around, don't you know? Well, we like doing that, too. Yeah. Well, he's got the greatest line because he somehow, he somehow comes back in SummerSlam 91 to the natural Nasty boys, and he's like, Nasty boys, when we're done with you, you're gonna be the Patsy boys. Because <laughs> yeah. there's boys, there's men, and there's monsters. Ah, what a run. And it's like, I showed it to this other comic in San Francisco, and he's like, That's the fucking shit. And I was like, Yeah, it's the greatest What if he was like, There's boys, there's men, and there's boys to men, which is my Motown Philly <laughs> back again. I will make love to you. You're gonna be at the end of the road. <laughs> Dan Soder's here in studio with us. Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin. That's this Thursday through Saturday. Then appearing at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival April 23rd and 26th. Mike Lawrence is here, also going to be at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. And he's got his podcast, Nerd of Mouth on CaveComedyRadio.com. See, I'm going to, since you brought up the Bushwhackers, I'm going to fuck with you with this. Yeah. We used to know them when they had a bar slash restaurant <laughs> and you could go over and hang with them. 
them. And then they always used to come by in the morning with food for me, like, Ron, we really got to push this. You know, and they would just have coolers. <laughs> like, it's not working as good as I thought it was going <laughs> They really thought they were going to parlay this we thing. We really like, thought Luke's <laughs> wings were going to take off. Yeah. It really, it really is weird talking. What's that? What was the name of it? Uh, Bushwhacker Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. Bushwhacker's. Yeah. It's weird talking yeah. to Ron and not seeing you with rubber bands on the side of your ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a very Albano-esque. Yeah. yeah, you're the Captain Lou. Yeah, I am the Captain Lou of radio. Yeah, that's just, awesome. Can you just start yelling at whiny girls from Queens? <laughs> so the uh, so these guys, when wrestling was come to town, everybody would go there and eat and drink for free during the short time oh, that they had that place. That's the worst yeah. idea. Yeah. I went there one night. I was there at, in the d- private dining room. All the WWF superstars at the time are in there. Stone Cold had just done the Stone Cold gimmick. You know, oh, okay. He was there at a table with his wife by themselves, everyone else eating in really long tables and just being harassed by the other wrestlers. Stone Cold was. Comes in, people are screaming, Hey, Baldy! Hey, Baldy! They start throwing French fries and baked potatoes at him. (laughs) Holy shit! Across the dining room, Stone Cold doesn't lift his eyes up from his meal. Just sits there and takes it. Uh, Doesn't uh, say a word. Rattlesnake would like to sit here and eat quietly <laughs> if people would stop throwing shit at me. I don't mind it. My favorite interview is he keeps kayfabe alive when he interviews Bret Hart, and it makes me laugh. I go back and listen to it. Yeah. Because he's like, Bret, you were growing up. You heard men down in the dungeon getting stretched out. And you're like, I don't think that really was a real thing. You well, talk was, about right? your mozzarella oh, yeah. sticks yeah. and your jalapeno poppers. Yeah. Austin 316 <laughs> says, I just finished my abs. <laughs> <laughs> and then him and the missus just kind of slinked out of the place. And that was it. That was it. Before he got big, right? Yeah, he had just, you know, done... Was this over the million dollar thing? Was he done being the million dollar... The ringmaster? Yeah, he was yeah. done being the ringmaster and the million dollar champion. And that kind of... Did that tube for him? That that totally tubed, yeah. yeah. And they went with this whole Stone Cold thing at King of the Ring. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, against Cold Jake on. Roberts, who is in the Hall of Fame this year, if he makes it to Sunday Alive. And Paul Bear. Uh, is he bad still? Goes in this year. No, he's he cleaned up. Yeah. He's recancered. Oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. There are some snakes that you can't get rid of in the jungle. <laughs> he was. The he's the best he ever. Never got I a belt. So. The fact that he never got a belt is. I he shouldn't he, have. He didn't. He didn't need it. He didn't some want guys, one. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, like, that's how. See, that's how great that era was. That there was like twelve guys who could be champions now and would be yeah. and weren't. And he didn't. He never. He was his own feud. Well, Jake was always very relaxed in the ring. There was not yeah, a lot of the lay down in the <laughs> He'd sit in the corner. Yeah. He'd sit in the corner, and even his finishing mood was like, "Let's just uh, relax right, for a right while." Down. Hey, you want to take a nap? <laughs> did you did you ever see the 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 it's the, I think it's the greatest wrestling promo of all time when he slaps Elizabeth. Oh man. And he afterwards uh I think Mean Gene is there and he goes I would pay to do that again. And he goes I could take her and cultivate her into something even I could want. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> and then you see Beyond the Mat and you're like, no, he really meant that. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that his, his yeah. father was a wrestler who raped a 13-year-old girl. He's like, I was born into this world without love and I still haven't found it. <laughs>
Yeah, well, then his dad goes, yeah, I love him. I still do love him. Goes, no, you don't. No, you don't. Grizzly yeah. Smith. Yeah. That's who it was? That's his dad, Grizzly oh, yeah. Smith, the wrestler. That's like worse than the Carl Malone thing. And his, and his yeah, uh, sister was a wrestler, too, Rockin' Robin. That oh, was yeah. Jane I, didn't, uh, I did not know that. And yeah. his brother. Yeah, Sam, Sam Houston. Houston. Yeah, the whole family wrestled. I didn't know that Rock and Robin, the one of the, you know, she was she won the title of WrestleMania one, right? Yeah, she was the Did one. She, no, that was Wendy no. Richter. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, Who was Rock and Robin exactly? She, um, I think she finally won the title, but that was after like Moolah had dropped well, it. Yeah. Wendy, Wendy Richter was the original screw job against Moolah as the Spider Lady oh, yeah. that she didn't want to lose, and they they rang the bell early. That can't be it, is it? Is that Rock and Robin? This is Rock and Robin. Yeah, she looks like Jake. Yeah. I look like Jake in a onesie. It's the you same ever, mullet haircut. You ever that she she yeah. is not rocking at all. Uh, Fez changed that to we all had. Yeah. Yeah, let's not act like they were weird. <laughs> a snake. <laughs> I meant the Smith Roberts family. A snake can change its genitals, but it's still a snake. <laughs> uh, right now, she looks at a le- like a lady that works at a tow yard. <laughs> she looks like like I a- need to see your driver's license and proof of ownership. She looks like if 1984. Five was a person. <laughs> like the inside of her vagina flaps just say, just say no on them. Or if hepatitis was a person. <laughs> In 1985. Yeah. So do you guys care as much about this, the wrestling that you're going to be seeing this Sunday? Do you care? Uh, I, here's the way I look at it. I am, uh, I am somewhat... I watch every WrestleMania, mm-hmm. but that's about it. And I'll watch Raw. I, I record Raw and I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like I think you're much more of a devoted. I you know what I I can I can listen to people talk about wrestling forever and but I I can only watch it so much like I love the culture of it more than the actual matches the promos are my favorite part yeah um, right. but I'm I'm excited I I mean the the main guy is a fucking bearded dude that no one thought would succeed so I have a little emotional attachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, that, there's that nerd thing that you I have. Mean, the storyline that they have going right now for any comedian resonates so deeply and so beautifully. Triple H is basically the club booker who gives you the mean email after you send a veils. <laughs> and it's the you want to see that guy get his ass kicked where he's just he literally went on TV and said uh Daniel Bryan is a B plus player and doesn't deserve to be a star. Like that's fucking like, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's, and he means it. And you and you hear and you hear that and you're right. Being a comedian that is so everyone in the industry it's like we just we think you're funny. We like you. We just don't think mm, yeah. this is it for you. Oh yeah, I mean, I the the way that I've been rejected for it's amazing. I want I literally less than a year ago, I had someone tell me that as long as I look like I do, I will never be on TV. Yeah. The month after I filmed my Comedy Central half hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right. and it's like she <laughs> If you asked her what a podcast was, she wouldn't know. But there's like these people who are so behind, and and I'm not bragging or anything, but it's like, and and I'll and I'll tell you, like, if she ever sees me on TV, I'll be so fucking happy. Like, there is that, like, to right. see those people, you know, prove them wrong, you know. 
Yeah, and I think that's absolutely what this Daniel Bryan storyline is. Every comic has had someone say, you're not going to make it. And I think know? we have those even, you know, I think that that's a constant thing. I don't think that that's a thing oh, that yeah. <laughs> well, see, It's, it's usually your agent or manager. Yeah. <laughs> normally, if, if your you agent tell, even calls you. Even if you tell everyone they're not going to make it, you're normally right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to you're not gonna make it. <laughs> I mean, just like if you, you sat out and told people as they're going to buy their lottery tickets, it, you ain't going to hit. Yeah. It ain't going to happen for you. Thing, I used to be mean at open mics, and, and I think to you myself... Were, yeah. uh, you were a special kind of mean, too. <laughs> I'm glad I was yeah. friends with you the whole time. Yeah, creatively. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing but the thing is, I look back on it, and I was like, I got it right 99% of the time. And yeah. you know what? But there was people that proved me wrong and, and, yeah. and were funnier than I thought, and I was fucking wrong, and I was an asshole, you know? Right. Um, and I try not to be as mean anymore, but, I mean, you you, ne- you never know. But, like, this Daniel Bryan guy, like, I, li- I listened to a podcast with him. He worked at a Wendy's. Yeah. Uh, he worked at a KB Toy Store. All right, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> he was on the road for, like, 12 years before being, I, I Lawrence, saw him. You've, you, I can, can never imagine you plumping up more to a wrestling storyline than the Daniel Bryan <laughs> I, I, know, I saw him in front of 400 people. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's the real shit. So you and, want to see him get over it this week? You want this to be his time in the it sun? It deserve it deserves to be. And well, um, it's an eight month storyline, which usually doesn't happen anymore in the WWE. No. They spent eight months. It's really this guy up. It's really it uh, it's really you can. If you really want to go back, you could say it's like a three and a half year storylines because he got fired like three months after joining the company. Then he loses at Mania two. I th- I would say the actual storyline starts two years ago when he lost to Sheamus in the opening match in eighteen seconds. That's that. when it really and that's when the yes chance really took off because they gave us something that we didn't want. Do you think CM Punk comes back this Sunday? No. And I hope he doesn't. I'm I'm glad that he left for himself. I think what he did is amazing, and I applaud him. Uh, the that's I, I, as a wrestling fan and a performer, I feel very conflicted because I know that this network is fucking over these guys financially, and and I think CM Punk took a stand against that, and I applaud as someone who I've protested the UCB and other places that don't pay. It's really, I, I feel conflicted giving WWE yeah. my money because these guys are all going to get screwed with the buy rates and all that. Yeah. And they're just having to work harder. They're just making all this extra content. I didn't even think about that. I don't even think these dudes are getting compensated more for the work they're already doing. That's how dumb of a consumer I am. Well, it's yeah. just, it's a one, you know, it's a one company town now. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. They have about no it. choice. And this guy left and he has enough money to be set for life and he doesn't need it. And, you know, people are like, oh, he owes the fans. No, no, he doesn't, you know. And if he's hurt and if he's fatigued, then leave and have a good life. That's a good point. You know, you got to look at performers as people sometimes. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you guys both work in a thing where no one walks away. No. No one walks away from comedy. I can't think of one person. My mom. Uh, <laughs> I saw a guy recently that did, uh, that I knew when I first moved here. And he's like, he looked at me and he was like, hey. I was like, how you doing? He's like, I don't do it anymore. And I was like, okay, I don't really care. And he's like. <laughs> Yeah. It was like this weird conversation. Really. I, I meant to say successful people. No. So I, I was looking up the CM Punk of comedy. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, you yeah. definitely My can't do mom. That. Yeah. No. But I think they, uh, like, I think the people that do walk away from it that are successful have the success. The thing that bugs me the most are the people that are on something else successful and then just do stand up to make money. Where you're like, right. don't, please don't do that. 
Please it's don't. a public appearance that you don't have to work for. That's yeah. all. It's it's an easy way to, you know, make money for an hour and sell merch without that much effort. You know, no real physical labor. But has just, anyone ever come out of that and done it well? No. Like you're like. There's never been, like, Dustin Diamond isn't doing an HBO special. <laughs> you know because... how sad it is? I agree with you, but I'm like, but I want to open for these people. <laughs> like, that's comedy in a nutshell. Yeah. I hope this doesn't damage my relationship with them. Hey, Dustin, I don't believe what that asshole says. <laughs> no, I agree as Andre the Giant is good. It's like he was in the room, but no, fuck that guy. <laughs> then, then Dustin will go to uh, Denny's after, and you can pick my brain for material. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> uh, to me, that's just like, uh, that's like... Like, when people do that, that's the equivalent of a professional athlete when he tries to get into wrestling. I mean, there mm. is... The where you're like, don't, hey, Rodman, don't. You're going to look stupid. There is the thing about, you know, and it is that you can't not sound bitter when you're, like, paying dues, but paying dues does make you better. Having to start off at two-minute open mics and then five-minute ones and then ten-minute sets and then featuring and headlining and MC, like, all of that stuff. Like, if you just start off as a headliner with an audience already that's there to see you, I think it's really hard to develop a comedic voice. Sure. You know? Because people are just there because they saw you in the shiny box and everyone's all excited. He's got to be funny. He's on TV. He's got to do this. You're like, no, he doesn't have the tools to (laughs) fucking execute this. Like, comedy, it isn't isn't the art of writing. It's the art of rewriting. Yeah. It's not about the funny thoughts you come up with. It's how you refine them, you know? And it's like, I don't know anyone who just... If you want, if you want comedy without refinement, go watch improv. And it's there for you. And they're making shit up. And some of it's great. But you're absolutely right. It's so funny. You can have a joke going that that's okay for about three weeks. And then you find one little adjustment you make. And all of a sudden, it's a fucking killer bit. And you're like, ah, I didn't even know if I just readjust if I just adjusted it that much. But you're right off the top of the head. Yeah, you can say some funny shit. But But now everyone's doing the crowd work thing. And you know, that's gaining again. Yeah, that's that's fine. I I won't. That's a different pond. Yeah, And some of that like Q. Q and A's like that's that's so weird to me. If you, that's very if you, strange. If you pay to see a headliner and they do twenty minutes of Q and A just to fill the time, I mean, <laughs> but here's but hey, you didn't direct Avengers. I don't yeah. want to fucking <laughs> talk to you about. It. <laughs> and here's you, you need more than twenty minutes with Joss Whedon. But <laughs> but 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 the, but the thing is, is that once you like like the industry. Like, if people get hot off certain things and the demand is there before the supply is ready, then, like, you're kind of at a at an impasse, you know? Hey. It's like if people are like, I want to give this guy money, even though that guy's a year in, like, you're just going to throw him out there. And, and some of those dudes do get better. And some of them really Absolutely. do take it seriously. And, you know. But the ones that don't, you can tell. Because they're not the ones at the bar shows in Brooklyn on Wednesday where you're just trying to work out a new five-minute chunk. You don't Mm -hmm. see them out there. You don't see them in the gym. You just see them. They're like, hey, Tuscaloosa State University, (laughs) 7,000 kids, come see me. And you're like, what are they going to see? They're going to see dog shit. That's what they're going to see. Well, that's what they don't get. Like, Jim Gaffigan isn't, like, running around performing for 50 people a night because he thinks it's fun. It's because he knows his job is to do those theaters, and he wants to do them the best that he can. Yeah, Louis doesn't pop into 
have his ego stroked. Louis right. pops in to do a 10-minute set because he's got a new bit that he's got to you know work out the, the, the wrinkles in it. But according and, to Facebook, he pops in to have everyone else in the room's <laughs> ego stroked. <laughs> you and me are the only two that Louis hasn't complimented. You just read on Facebook, you're like, God damn it, Louis, I guess I'm the only comic Louis doesn't like. <laughs> Dedicate two rape jokes to me. <laughs> I was in the hospital. He's like, I'll do it, slugger. <laughs> Mike Lawrence is uh, in with us, and uh, the Avengers shirt is the most off-putting color of orange I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's a Macho Madness color. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even use that in the headband. You can tell the comic book shirt fits me because my stomach is kind of peeking out of it going, Hello! <laughs> but that, that is the kind of orange that could set off mental patients. Start to get crazy for no reason. Well, uh, I, oh my God, what's that shirt? And they just grab something sharp. Orange is not the new black, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you love comic books still. Oh, huh? uh, absolutely, man. I, I'm, uh, I'm so pumped for Captain America 2. Did you say it yet? Or? Uh, no, it comes out Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, you yeah, going Thursday sense. night? Uh, I I probably will. Yeah, I did. I did see. Have you get? Have you seen the Raid Two? No, I haven't seen. That Raid might 2. be one of the best movies I've ever seen. Everyone's saying that. Is it on? What's it on? Netflix? What's no, it? it it just came out in theaters. Okay. The first Raid uh, might be on Netflix. Uh, yeah, they're Indonesian action films, and they're the most violent, beautiful things I've ever seen. Yeah, the Raid Two. Raid Two. Yeah. And this is uh, martial arts through it, or oh my god, yeah! Every you you watch people die in every single way possible. There there is a girl who has two hammers and she hits people in the face with them, and then when you're bored with that, she sticks it in their mouth and pulls it. Yeah, out. Oh. yeah. Don't give away everything. <laughs> Come on, you can spoiler alert. <laughs> that's the main story yeah. arc in yeah. Ray Two's Hammer which is, Girl. But that's what's like. I just saw that. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to enjoy Captain America as much when he just punches people. Like, where are the hammers? You know, he could be doing so many things with that shield right now. He could fish hook Winter Soldier. Yeah, it looks it looks it looks great though, Captain America. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. That's all of the big comic book movies this year, though, right? There's nothing else? <laughs> there's nothing well, else? Well, there's May 2nd, uh, which is Spider-Man. There's May 23rd, oh, which is know. Days of Future Past. And oh. then there's August 1st, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I didn't know that these things are, seem to be popular. Now. That's cool. So they're going to start coming out. By the way, I'm um, engaged, and I don't know how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I said this yesterday to the movie. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the only one that I'm like, I can't wait to see if they can pull this. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it looks fun. I'm, I'm a big fan. The Spider-Man thing, I didn't get behind the first one. I There's too many re- reboots to Spider-Man. Plus, I'm more of a DC guy. <laughs> Me like, too. So I'm going to be disappointed next year. You're with, a DC guy? Yeah, I've never seen a Thor movie. I didn't see Thor 2. <laughs> I've I never picked up a Thor comic book. But I mean, you've watched you Green Lantern? Green Lantern, yeah, I did eventually watch on cable. <laughs> I'm sorry, Truthful. man. What's that? Truthful. Yeah. That's a nice, truthful mm-hmm. statement, I said. Now, you refuse to watch the Marvels because you're DC? Yeah, yeah. I just, well, I've never, well, yeah. Avengers I watched, and that was only because they were showing it in a mental hospital and we that I was committed into. Oh, okay. That's and because that we understand it better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it got you through, though, good for Marvel. Uh, but uh. do you like all of the DC movies? <laughs> I mean, Green Lantern is horrible. Uh, Green Lantern was bad. Uh, the Man of Steel, I was not a fan of. I just, oh, I, I emotionally, 
I, I, I think I hate that movie more than I've ever hated anything in my life. W- would you guys like it better if we just got around to call him the Steel Man instead yeah. of the Man of Steel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of language it isn't easier. used anymore. Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. That, that movie is everything that's wrong with modern society. Wow. Yeah, and I, I mean that. I mean that. I'd it, probably say our foreign policies on how we treat people. They but made a Superman movie for people who used to beat the shit out of me for liking Superman. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's literally people are like, Superman's a queer and the world don't work. And that's who they made it for. Like people who drink Mountain Dew and listen to Papa Roach every day. It's disgusting. He doesn't save people. He's an asshole. Pa, the the worst thing is Pa Kent. You know, Pa Kent is supposed to be the guy who makes him a better person, and he's a yeah. dickbag. Just let the kid drown. <laughs> that was Pa Kent's advice. <laughs> yeah. Would you just let a kid drown so people Sometimes aren't Sometimes the weak need to die. <laughs> See, this, this is the thing, too, Mike, that you brought it up, that now people who never like comic books love comic book movies, and yeah. you see like beautiful women go, you know, I'm a nerd. You know oh. what I mean? I'm, I'm such a nerd. I guess I'm a geek. Are you? There's nothing like uh, I've never been one of those. You throw around that word and you're like, I know people who have gone through a ton of shit because mm. of that word. Just because you've got prescription glasses from Warby Parker. <laughs> then you're but that was only so you could do the Four Eyes comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Priority. Thanks for plugging it. Finally got back into it. Fuck yeah. everything. We've, we've moved 18 tickets. <laughs> Four things. I'm the paper on comedy. Did we've got show for me. From a we, kidney flathead. <laughs> we've sold one seat for each eye. <laughs> he really is almost like, he's like a co-worker of Dick Tracy. <laughs> Four eyes. <laughs> you gotta go to the four eyes. No, I mean, I, yeah, the, the whole like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, Big Big Bang Theory is my Medea. I always say that it's 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 nerd face, you know. But like, I, I, I get it too. I mean, because it's like you kind of give and you take, like. We wouldn't have a Guardians of the Galaxy movie if regular if Mugbloods didn't love this stuff, and I wouldn't be able to tell a lot of the jokes that I tell, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I do like that. There's almost this seismic shift, and now the real nerds are at top of the mountain, and they're like, "You can't come up this mountain." Well, they, there was just a study out today that said that so-called like popular kids get bullied more than outsiders because it's a very competitive thing to be popular so they get fucked with all the time and it hurts them more to drop a couple of steps yeah well i just always assumed that if someone was mean and popular in high school that their life was going to be done by 25 (laughs) <laughs> that's where they would have peaked. Yeah, they peaked. They peaked in high school. I can't imagine popularity being a thing anymore with kids on their phones all the time. Yeah. Like, but who, see, they're trying to be popular on their phone. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. How many followers or whatever uh, the hell they have, and they freak out over it. Do they? Yeah. If someone writes something bad about them on some message board, they're fucked from it, and they think about killing themselves. Jesus. Oh, there's a lot of that shaming. That Well, that that is the one thing. Bullying is 24 hours now. Yeah. But I also figure, like, in the way that, like, all pop culture is splintered, and there's no main thing anymore, I figure it would be the same with kids but you would think that if you were some weird art student in wichita you'd be able to find friends in the lower east side if you went on the computer you know what i mean like yeah. before it was like someday i'm gonna move out of here but now you can just go 
found it. Found the clique I'm hanging out with online. Where's all the great music going to come from? Mm. Because it used to be like I was a misunderstood kid in Lawrence, yeah. Kansas, and right. then I got into punk rock because I found a yeah. CD. It's France, and they wear robot helmets. Yeah. Right. God, yeah. damn it. That's what we got now. It's all right. Sweden. I mean, all the all the music is Swedish dudes now. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It did used to be gay kids who got fucking pushed out of the South. Came to New York and either wrote great music or Art. paint. Yeah. yeah, you know they were like amazing, and now they're like, we want to be gay in Omaha. Yeah, you're like why? We're gonna march. We're gonna march <laughs> in Omaha. You're yeah. like, just go to the fucking go to San Francisco. You'll yeah. do so great there. Right. I guess I, I guess I, I I paid like life dues too. Like I feel like maybe I'm one of the last generation to grow up in a Florida that was really Florida. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we we got the internet like around the time i was like you know like in eighth grade but that loneliness before that and even and even after that like it is so crazy being out of florida like you forget like i was an atheist and the power of being able to say you didn't believe in god to people in florida was this amazing <laughs> wonderful thing in new york they don't care they're like yeah. which god yeah, <laughs> yeah i uh you're, you're right that like whole the origin stories are all going to be fucked now because yeah. the internet Everyone's no one's gonna have a a tough. It's also the only reason I'm not alone, so I have to kind of love the internet. No. <laughs> but there is, it does keep people. Just think of how many people aren't working because they're tweeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, Andy Warhol would have just been tweeting all day instead of fucking painting. Yeah. There, yeah, you're right. There, there's too much. The internet. I've noticed. I just have this reaction to go on Facebook when I go on my computer. I don't mm -hmm. want to. I just right. go on it. I'm like, why the fuck am I here? I've checked birthdays. I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought of it like that whole cancel Colbert thing. It's like the reason we're all fucking babies now is because everything's a pacifier. Yeah. You right. Know? Like everything is just there to distract you and to make you waste time and to make you feel important even though you aren't. That's what it is. We're removing uncomfortability from people's lives where it's like being uncomfortable used to be good because it made you do something. I was just thinking that Mike is saying the most... Interesting stuff by wearing an Avenger shirt. <laughs> <laughs> not, to me, it's not even the Avenger shirt as much as it is the orange. Yeah, oh, this is actually the cover to issue 277, which oh. is the end of the Under Siege storyline. Yeah, oh, take cool. that. Written by Roger Stern and drawn by the great John Buscema. Fucking poser ass nerds. See, no, see, this see you wear a shirt like that. Now, see how many. This is the interesting thing. How many people who go to Comic Con. By the way, you're judging that. my Avenger shirt by pointing at me with a back scratch. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, I feel don't like, you think that, like Marlon Brando had that before he died. He's <laughs> like, what you mean? <laughs> Get me a sandwich. I'm parched. Who brought you here? I, Who fucking brought you here? Feed me my lines. But do you think that people at Comic Con would know what that shirt is? Though it's the Doctor Moreau comedy show. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think I think some people would. Some. Yeah, because I think a huge part now the people who go to those things don't like it as much as the original people who dug yeah. it. Well, it's all sexy girls dressed up like Sailor Moon. Yeah, <laughs> just waiting to go see Chris Hemsworth talk about playing Thor. Well, mm -hmm. that's that's some of it. I mean, it, it it depends. I mean, the thing with Comic Cons now is that they literally, like you were saying, you know, the Wichita thing. Like they really are. They're the Ellis Island for anyone who doesn't know how to talk to their dad like right. it's bring us your weird your goth your you know geeky like 
we don't like because I I'll perform at some of them and it is so funny how splintered uh, Ninja Turtles that audience yeah. is where they the, like all the streams are crossing and nobody really gets each other but they all tolerate each other and it it's funny because in the same way New York like we're all different but we all kind of hate each other but we realize we just got to get along that's exactly what a Comic Con is and when you start making fun of the individual subcultures people love it when you shit on the bro. The anime people get off on it because like that is that is the the crazy thing about being a nerd. It's like we all kind of like each other, but there's also that. Look, man, cars that turn into robots is one thing, but these fucking talking turtles with their pizza (laughs) and their weapons—they're wearing masks, but they're turtles. You know, my favorite thing has always been to be around like some of my friends that are really like kind of nerdy, and then bring up the fact that I love the NFL. That's like kind and of that my, freaks like, them out. Where they're like, "What?" That's and I like like them like yelling at me like, "That's dumb." They're a bunch of meathead millionaires. I'm like, "Yeah, come on, come on." I like it. I mean, to me, nothing is. And me and Soder talk about this. Nothing is nerdier and creepier to me than college sports. I think it's the most sickening thing that adult men talk about kids' futures. <laughs> Not only do they talk about it, they use their money to shape who kids in and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys go back with big bucks and are forcing it into these... There's just something about you, looking at a 17-year-old going, look at that guy. He's mm. got good prospects. You yeah. know? <laughs> look at them arms. They're being like, I run the most successful furniture store in this whole town, so I'm going <laughs> to see if that little boy will come over here. Yeah, it's it's a... And I love it. And I love college football. And I w- can't get enough. And I'll always love it. I hope Ruining kids' lives. I hope they unionize. I really do. Oh, I, absolutely. I hope they all get paid. Yeah. I would love if they got paid. So it's like the WWE family, because like they treat their employees crappy, like college football with the concussions and all that. I mean, like, it's crazy. Is it hard for you to... has? Because I know you've liked sports all your life. Mm-hmm. Has it been harder for you the more you realize how much they're killing themselves? <laughs> I think there's something... There was something. Uh, there's there's something good about it. I don't know. I like it. There's something. It, this you know, is a new angle. I've never heard this. You know what it really is? We're living in these times where everything, everyone knows the symptoms. Everyone knows the problems. I kind of like that guys are just going out and smashing into each other, and they know that. Well, it's a- the other problem is the people willing to do that are you know from impoverished places. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have rich kids playing football in the future. No, but, it's going to be the new war. Yeah, it is going to be like let's bring the minority. And have them fight here in ancient Rome. You're like, you know? you're like the Dark Knight. You either die a quarterback or live long enough to be a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Lawrence, thanks for being here. Appearing at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Moon Tower. Part of the Comedians with Glasses show, April 23rd <laughs> through the 26th in Austin, Texas. If I get LASIK, they'll unbook me. <laughs> and his podcast, Nerd of Mouth, on Cape Comedy Radio. <laughs> On Twitter, at the Mike Lawrence and Dan Soder, also appearing at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, April 23rd through the 26th. And this week, Thursday through Saturday, Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin, at Dan Soder on Twitter. Uh, make sure you sign up for the ONA Unmasked that we're going to be doing on April 17th. Uh, head on over to the iBank for tickets. Be part of that sweepstakes. We'll see you guys back in here tomorrow. Uh, that's the uh, Dubai Show. Donk. Tuesday, Wednesday through Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellite's gone up to the skies. You know what you've been doing? 
You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.